buddy and guy return for the next installment of the house of mtvg and oh boy let me tell you insane stuff has happened nothing's really happened i mean it, cool stuff has happened but we talked to you about it last week so well i mean that's not fair cool cool stuff has happened i'm i'm buddy by the way the the guy that was talking first is guy he, doesn't, <laughs> he didn't introduce us this time. i know a dick i'm a dick and i was just rambling in right i was just like i was like i'm trying something new bitch hang on roll with oh, this jesus christ <laughs> Oh, so Spotify is never gonna pay us a hundred million dollars if you do shit like that. What? Why not? I, They're gonna love Bush us. League. It's Bush League. Well, maybe I don't know, dude. People people do like Bush League from time to time, as dude. long as it's like you're self aware and you're trying to be Bush League. I mean, oh man, Bush League. No, I'm. Jeez, man. Out of all the times I've introduced you, it's like the one time I decide to step out of the comfort zone and just, you know, no, I really was just rambling. It really doesn't really matter to me. Whatever. Um, you done fucked up, son. I done fucked done up. Fucked I'm so sorry. I'm, fu I'm a fuck up. I'm a fuck up. I need to be, That's right. I need to be drug That's out right. in the, the street and quartered. Well, Ordered. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That reminds me of the. Uh, that reminds me of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> I, Dewey, you halved me. Are you gonna be okay? I don't know. You halved me pretty good. <laughs> I gotta watch. You're that. not even. You're not even half the boy half your brother was. Are you trying to say that I'm less than a quarter of my, of the boy my brother was? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant movie by the by the brilliant John C. Riley. Yeah, we were just talking about him. Uh, if you haven't, we were we were. I think about that movie a lot. I I don't know how successful it was, um, but I know among my friends it is a beloved and often quoted movie, um, and I hold it in very high regard. <laughs> I'm gonna. I swear to God, I I remember it, but I don't remember watching it. Like, so I don't. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think John C. Riley was nominated for a Golden Globe for that, for playing Dewey Cox. I want I again. I want to say I'm not surprised, but I, I'm not surprised John C. Riley is been, he's a phenomenal actor and his singing. Holy shit, he has got a voice. Him and uh. What did I did I ever send you the the cover? But I'm sure you've seen it of him and Will Ferrell covering the Christmas song that I was talking about. That's my favorite. It, little Little Drummer Boy with Bing Crosby and, yeah. uh, and David Bowie. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you you told me who it was, and then mm -hmm. I went and looked it up on uh, on the YouTube. Got it. Yeah, their cover of it though, dude. I almost oh, like yeah, no, it's better I mean, than the original in some ways. I hate to say they're insanely talented. Freaking, it was great. Talented. It was great. I mean, I heard I heard their Holmes and Watson movie was pretty bad, but um, yeah. I haven't watched it. But no, whatever. They all they all can't be Talladega Nights. You know what I'm saying? It, no, you, 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 especially if you're gonna compare just their own body of work. It's there's gonna be a high point and a low point regardless of where you how good the movie is it's like oh well it was the worst movie 
but it was still a really good fucking movie. But they're like, it was the worst. Yeah, no, I think I think I think this one had a a, a Metacritic score in the single digits, <laughs> if I'm remembering correct. Um, I, I want to say I watched it, but it's like I just again don't remember it, but. But I I do remember the character. I remember that very well. So oh, you're talking about Dewey Cox? Yeah, now, not not the Holmes and Watson. No, not yeah, the Holmes yeah, yeah. and Watson. Oh, yeah, that well, one. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Holmes and Watson rated. I was really talking well. about Holmes and Watson. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to be a pretty bad movie. Um, Dewey Cox. I don't know critically or whatever how it's received. I just I know I love it, um, and I think a lot of other people do too. But uh, you know we're. You know what? It's another you know, everybody's movie in, that everybody's entitled to their opinion. You it's know, true. But I happen to like John C. Riley. I especially happen to like um, his character on Adult Swim, where he's uh, Doctor Stephen Brule. <laughs> if you haven't watched any of that stuff, go check it out on YouTube. It's hysterical. It really any of the stuff that he does is is pretty much it, just it's gold. I, I he's he's definitely one of my favorite characters and. Uh, uh, Wreck It Ralph. He was the voice of Wreck It Ralph. Oh yeah, yeah. So. My me my I love Wreck It Ralph, and my kid really loves Wreck It Ralph a lot. He also um, <coughs> he voices the um, he voices the sheep that is a friend of Matthew McConaughey's koala bear in Sing. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he's he lends he's he's a busy actor. He's a busy guy, insanely talented. Hence, he's busy. You know. Right. When you got that much to do it, I wish I had like that much talent, like just in the tip of my pinky. Yeah, Where were yeah, you guys he's going? um, he's definitely a unique individual, that guy. But uh, hey, I we have a game that uh, we try to guess unique mm. individuals based on hints. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, and I be- I believe it's your turn. You're the guesser, yeah. You're the yes. guesser this week, and uh, you know after you, you you did me a little dirty last week. I did. Puffing, I totally puffing did. Puffing me up, boosting me to be like, oh, you're gonna get this super easy. It'll be a walk in the park. I. Well, I'm still playing softball for you. Oh, you are softball. too sweet. I'm. I predict. I predict you will have this guy, no later than the third clue. No later than the third clue. If you know oh. anything about this about this actor, um, beyond his movies, because um, one of the clues involves something beyond his movies. But if you know anything about this actor, you'll get it by the third. And if you don't get it by the third, you will one billion percent get it by the fourth. Okay. 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 So the fourth and the fifth, I could interchange them because they're they're both. Um, they both will give the actor immediately. Right. They, they are total gimmies. So, yes, you will absolutely have it by the fourth if you don't have it before then. All so, right, all right. Uh, did you did you want to do your, your siren to announce the start of the game? Do you want my siren? Nah, Does we're it, Do people really like my siren? I don't know if they like my siren. I, Leave us a I message. Haven't, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard one way or another. Comment. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, while, he, while he's on the subject, yeah, no, leave us messages, Facebook, Twitter, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us, uh, review, likes, shares, please, just anything. Spread the word. Share. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to get our dipshit voices into as many ears as possible. So. Boo! Boo! Oh. Boo! Boo! See.
I did it. I fit it in okay. there. Did you like how I did that? It was like I was waiting. It's time to play Who Am I? <laughs> that was okay. great. That was. I think that was like that was quality. It was quality. It was. It was quality. All right. Everything we do is quality. <laughs> um, so okay. Clue the first first clue. Among my many acting credits are appearances in documentaries about UFOs. I can think of a couple a couple names. So next one, next clue. Okay. Uh, I own a vodka company whose bottle reflects my love of aliens with a crystal skull. God damn it. I know where I want to go with this, but I'm, I'm totally not sure right now. All right. Okay. So I think we're here. Here, here it is. This is going to be my make or break. Am I actually going to get it on the third, third clue? Here we go. Okay. I played a hitman opposite of John Cusack. Oh, what movie was that? Hold on. Don't Google. You can't I'm Google, I'm not Googling. I'm not Googling. Which movie was it that John Cusack played a hitman? I'm talking behind my hand right there. And god damn. Oh, okay. Give me another one. We have a half a pack of cigarettes, a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Is it Dan Aykroyd? It is Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yes, that makes so much sense. So, gross point blank. Yes. Uh, is the is the Hitman movie, and yes, he owns a vodka company, and the bottles are in the shape of the mythical crystal skulls, and he is a true believer and expert in UFOs. In UFOs. Yeah. Uh, he has appeared on multiple documentaries discussing history and his own personal experiences. Um, is Dan Aykroyd a pilot? Does he have his pilot's license? Um, I don't know. He, he did not mention that. I, I just was wondering. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've never, I've never heard it mentioned. Um, yeah, I've never heard him bring it up because, like, you know, I know Harrison Ford's a pilot. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know right? off the top of my head. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. It was. I curious. know his family was big in aviation, so it wouldn't surprise me if he had a pilot's license. There is just something in my brain that wants to say that, yeah, that or, yeah, maybe it was the aviation family, that part. I, I have no clue. I don't know. Um, but, God, what a I, – I love Dan Aykroyd. I, I, uh, how yes, can you not? Yes. I mean, Ghostbusters, the Blues Brothers, Egg uh, – or, excuse me, Eggheads, Coneheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, I didn't even um, – SNL I didn't years. Even, hmm? I didn't even bring up cone heads at all, right? Or how about spies like us? Is that no? Or is that it? Not is it spies like us with uh? Oh, fucking Bill Murray, right? Uh, John Candy, I think. Was that Candy? Which one was the Bill? God, which one was the Bill Murray then? Dan. You Aykroyd's might be thinking spy of a movie. 
Uh, you might be thinking of Bill Murray and Harold Ramis in Stripes, where they were in the army. Mm. We'll see. Hold on. Uh, let's see. I, 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 I'm not yeah, positive so for sure because I was. Uh, I want to say I was in a toss like up. I was in a toss up into which order to put those the last two clues because I was obviously I was Ghostbusters. Or Blues Brothers for the clue. So, which I, you know, it's like, what do I do? What do I do? Which one do I do? And I just decided, hey, I'll give you probably one of his most quoted quotes from Blues Brothers. I mean, I was just going to say I'm on a mission from God, but. I'm on a mission from God. Ah, I love, see, I love the Blues Brothers. We're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. Yeah, but if I'm trying to remember if John Belushi's character says that or not. I think it's just Dan Aykroyd. Every time I hear, every time I think about that quote, it's Dan Aykroyd's voice in my head. Excuse me, it was Chevy Chase and Dan A- uh, Spies Like Us. Yeah, it w- but that was the one I was. Thinking oh, about. it was Chevy. It was Chase. Chevy. Yeah, yeah. Why did I think it was John Candy? I don't know. I don't. I. I was. Why did I think it was Bill Murray? I, I was think stripes. stripes. I think stripes. I think because of stripes, because John Candy was in stripes, and so was uh, Bill Murray, <laughs> and another great spy movie, or I don't well, know. I wouldn't say spy I'm, movie. Yeah. Movie. Right. Yeah, I mean, great cast: John Larroquette, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, John Candy, Judge Reinhold. Right. Um, among many, many others. Very quotable movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Stripes is one of my, actually, I think one of my favorite Bill Murray movies. Um, um, right. Yeah. But anyway, so, I mean. Maybe I could have done a different. Uh, maybe I could have given you another easier clue. I thought you might have heard about his vodka or, or his UFO. I have actually heard about his vodka because his vodka, uh, House of Blues, um, it's one of the things that the, for the longest time that they sold there, uh, obviously Dan Aykroyd and the House of Blues uh, are, in my mind, synonymous. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I think they're pretty well connected. Um, um but that and so and I I believe that was at least for a while that was a, that was the vodka that they served was his vodka. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's served in a lot of places. It's sold in most liquor stores. Um, yeah, it's all over the place. Right. Uh, and, then his, so, and then his UFO stuff. He's 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 out like completely out in the open. Like I heard he was telling me a story, or not telling me a story, but he was telling a story on a what a documentary I saw him on. Mm-hmm. And uh, about when he was getting asked to host SNL, and uh, Britney Spears was going to be the musical guest, and he had like a, a Men in Black type encounter while he was talking to Britney Spears on the phone, and then he stopped and like told Britney Spears the whole story. It was kind of interesting. Huh. huh? Where he said like he said like um, he had been he had been talking openly about some some abduction experience that somebody had had and he saw a black SUV across the street with like two guys in suits and uh, Brittany called him and in the time it took him, which he said was 10 seconds to, to reach in, grab his phone, lift it up, say hello, Brittany, and turn to look at the SUV. It, uh, it was gone and the street was completely empty and he didn't hear like an engine start. He didn't hear anything, something to that effect. Nuts. Yeah, yeah, and this is in addition to like the UFOs he said he's seen and whatnot. So, 
Right. Oh man, that's that's crazy. I mean, at the same time, uh, yeah. the man's a treasure. The man. He a treasure. is. Wow. Can't, I, I wish I could claim him as an American treasure, um, but he is Canadian. Um, <laughs> you know. So many of the great actors, and I mean, there's, there's a lot that are American, but there's so oh, many I'm, that you don't know that are Canadian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They come from the up north, the Canucks. The Canucks, they do. They, I mean, they do produce. Obviously, England produces a lot of great actors. Um, mm-hmm. Australia, America. You know, I mean, there's great actors from even more. Yeah, as, as Japan, yeah. Russia. I mean, yeah, there's the great actors and actresses come from all over the world, and they find their way to Hollywood. I'm just saying, I'm surprised to find how many of you know how many canadians make their way and you think you think they're like this american treasure and they are in some ways and they're right it's like american broadcasting but is where they you know their roles and then you find out they're canadian and it's like well shit thanks for sharing (laughs) yeah 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 well i mean we i guess we can claim them as american treasures um michael j fox i mean michael j fox is a is a is a treasure i actually just listened to an interview uh with him on rob lowe's podcast oh nice it was good it was good it was good um i think you can you can i was starting to i could just notice in his voice you know Mm -hmm. i just hear hear it in his voice that you know, I, I don't know if he's in decline. I don't know his medical situation, but oh man, yeah, I just he didn't he didn't sound like the he didn't sound like Marty McFly. Let me, let's yeah, just yeah, let's I, just put it on Front Street. He didn't sound like Marty McFly. Beyond the 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 Parkinson's, uh, he got to be he's got to be tired in some ways too. That's a he, a lot of years he's been he's been fighting that disease. So it's like, dude. You gotta some mornings wake up and just feel sapped. I know, I I know I'm that way when I get a cold. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like I I don't feel good and it's like I'm I'm I need to stay here all day and I don't feel good. Um, living with something like that constantly, day in day out, and have I mean, with nothing other than experimental shit and this and that that you could potentially take to help keep symptoms at bay for as long as you can. I, it's I mean, got, he didn't really he didn't really talk about that so much right you got to be up but you got to be upbeat about it wouldn't it. surprise me if he um well and he was he he said some very inspirational shit that you know i was like holy crap um it wouldn't surprise me if he was um marijuana cbd in in some aspects because cbd is i mean it's if, incredible stuff yeah if it helps god you know it's like that's i can only say by you know it's too bad it wasn't available available to people, especially in those situations earlier. It, especially if it, they show that it helps um, in well, a long-term I mean, we, situation. Weed has been medically legal in California for a decent amount of time. Right, and I don't know what Canadian... I know Canadian law. It's For most of my life, it's been not some... I don't want to say... When we would go up to Vancouver when I was like 18, because I still lived in Washington when it was legal in Vancouver to drink when you were, I want to say 18. 
19. 19? It was 19. 19, that's it. Anyway, and so that was the big thing is you turned 18, and the next year you'd go up to Vancouver, and then the next year you'd go up to Vancouver, and then the next year you just went out. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, so similar story. You know, I grew up very close to Idaho, mm -hmm. and until my 17th birthday, the drinking age in Idaho was 19. Oh, damn. And they changed it. Like, right, I was right there, man. I was right there. You were. were. Yeah. And then they just, like, right out from under you. Yep, they pulled the rug out. Did you end up going to Canada? Idaho and Louisiana. Oh, yeah, I went to Canada. (laughs) Um, I didn't go all the way to Vancouver. Um, Well, you you lived on the east side of the state, though. Yeah, no, but, I mean, we we would make trips across the mountains Mm -hmm. and go up I-5. Oh, okay. uh, is it Surrey that's right across the border? Uh, yeah, there's uh, White Rock is up there too. There, there's a couple places you can yes, really get there to. Yeah, there was a country accessible. bar. There was a, a really awesome country bar in okay, Surrey, yeah, Surrey. Okay, that I would go to from like maybe once or twice, maybe twice, two three times a year. We'd make a trip over. Right, it's like Christmas. It was always a time we'd end up trying to find a way time to go up Christmas or Thanksgiving time. Well, and I mean, also, and pre-9-11, before you needed a passport, you could just right? pull up to the border point and be like... Here's my, like, here's my license. What do you, here's my ID. What are you doing? Where are you going? Uh, oh, we're going we're going to this place. Right. How long are you going to be? A couple hours. Okay, have fun. Gosh, yeah. It's so true. It, it's so, so true. It was like... It, I don't know. It was definitely... Um, I don't know. A charm time to grow up. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, maybe one day we'll get back to that. Um, yeah, right. We'll see. We'll maybe, I, maybe. I you know. I I hope so, or at least some. I don't. Maybe you know, or a new new example of that. Well, I think now with the enhanced driver's licenses, it's it's almost like that again. Um, you just have to go through that extra level of scrutiny, proving who you are to get that enhanced license, and then I think it's pretty easy. At that point, I think Timmy still goes up. Timmy, my older roommate, a longtime friend of a guy and myself, uh, my old roommate, in fact, him and I Mm -hmm. were roommates for five years. Uh, I think he goes up there to go fishing. Yes, very great guy. Uh, He goes up there to go fishing a couple times a year still, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be I would not be surprised. The dude is. Oh, man, I wish I had that much energy. Oh, it's passion, dude. It's dude, passion. it is passion. It true. It really is. It truly um, is. Dude, he actually. I think he just took. I don't. I don't think. I know he took a trip to. I think it was Guam to go fishing in the <laughs> in the past six months. That's awesome. I mean, that hey, is awesome. Follow, I mean, good for, follow he's, what you're he's happy. He's a long. He's a long haul truck driver now, dude. So like, he's making really good money, and he's vacation. Hey, I want to go fish somewhere. I've always wanted to go fish. Dude, Good for him. that's anyway, awesome. Well, we're not here to talk about my old roommate and his fishing addiction. And, uh, I mean, we just, we we blew John C. Riley, We blew Dan Aykroyd. Now we're blowing Tim. I mean. Dude, we're blowing everybody tonight. We love that guy, but come on. Choking here. Choking. I oh. have so much in my mouth. Oh, my gosh. So, Three. yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, obviously we... We had the Mandalorian second season come to an end last week. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of news, but we do have 
some a couple of things that premiered uh among them uh on hbo max which we've been we've been talking about this upcoming thing for a while is wonder woman 84 premiered on hbo max on christmas day noon eastern time uh nine pacific and to hell with the other time zones i don't have you memorized um did uh did did you pop your free trial cherry and watch it or am i not am I alone yet in the watching no it? you oh. were alone in the watching it i decided not to after the feedback uh you mean after my feedback uh, yours and some of the stuff that i read and just it's sort of like um well, I'll let you explain the film, and it's like yeah. I think I think then at that point in time, my displeasure, or, or, or I don't want to say displeasure because I haven't seen it, but yeah, my, you know, I mean, it it just occurred to me. I'll see like, it. I'll watch it. But you know, my desire to I, see it right away. What if I accidentally um, texted you my login information? You know, thought I was texting my wife, and then you somehow got it. Um, what if, what if, what if, what if that happened? Right. I don't know that it might, it might, I might accidentally watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if that does happen, if I do accidentally text you that stuff, um, I would know, be, I'd probably forget it after. I mean, definitely don't use it. No, ever. I mean, but, no. but if, but if you, but if you likewise screw up and thought it was an official text from somebody else and do use it you know watch watch it and then you know right i wouldn't you know i wouldn't i we yeah i get what you're yeah no i would i would totally and then i i forget it never forget it yeah yeah i mean right so anyway wonder woman 84 uh i loved the first one and i had pretty high expectations for this movie uh they were not met and based on everything I have been seeing and reading and uh, all that, the, the fan base for this movie seems to be pretty divided between people who agree more, more with me and people who are over the moon about it. Um, I am going to say, I liked the movie. It was good, not bad, good, not great. Just good. It was a watchable movie. Um, I just, I, I have strong opinions about some of the choices that were made in the movie. And uh, before I go any further, uh, spoilers, I am going to spoil stuff. So if you haven't watched it, either pause, go watch it or, or fast forward until we're done talking about it, which will probably be 10 or 15 minutes, give or take. So, uh, if you stick around and listen, it's on you. Um, so... You know, the movie starts out with um, a young Diana scene in Thermoscara and they're doing like the Amazon Olympics and that's a pretty cool scene. You know, she's running with all the all the grown up Amazon women. Um, and, you know, we see we see uh, Hippolyta and uh, Robin Wright's character. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but because it's a flashback, you know, it's before Steve Trevor showed up. So everybody's still alive and well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so we go, we go through that scene and she ends up losing because she cheated and Robin Wright's character knows that she cheated and she used it to teach her a lesson. Um, 
you know, and whatever. And then we flash forward into 84. And, uh, you know, 84, seeing, seeing their, their portrayal of 1984 was kind of cool. Uh, it, was, it was very interesting. Uh, because it was a flashback to when I was a little kid. And I think you'll enjoy seeing a lot of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it starts out, there's a, there's an over-the-top action scene in the mall. Like, she's not fighting anybody super. It doesn't need to be the as over-the-top as it is. And it comes across as unimportant, but as it turns out, it's it's connected to the big bad of the movie. Which, spoiler, isn't Cheetah. Which is the first questionable choice that I, I am throwing at the, the directors and, and people who made this movie. We have been told and told and told and told, Kristen Wiig, Cheetah, Kristen Wiig, Cheetah, Kristen Wiig, Cheetah. A lot of build-up towards Cheetah. We don't get proper Cheetah till the last 20 minutes of the movie. And then we only get her for five minutes. She's not the big bad of the movie. The big bad of the movie is Maxwell Lord. Another questionable choice. What tier uh, baddie is Maxwell Lord? I mean, I would put him in. He's he's a he's a poor man's Lex Luthor. Got it. So poor man's Lex Luthor. B list you know, like, kind of even. I mean, he might, he, I would put him on the C list if it wasn't for the fact that they, they had him as a character on uh, Supergirl. Uh, Okay. For a while, and maybe even still. Um, So he's probably, the character is probably more in the eye of the, of the viewership than he normally would have been. But I mean, he's a C list at best. B list maybe with, with Wonder Woman, but no, he's not a threat to anybody. He's nowhere close to Lex Luthor level. Got it. That's what I was kind you of know, thinking. Non, That's what I thought I remembered. Non-powered human, you know, yeah. rich guy. Typical rich business mogul dick. You know, whatever. Um, but he's played by Pedro Pascal, who plays him over the top, and he's kind of fun to watch. Um, so Mando. Mando plays Maxwell Lord. Um, so we meet Kristen Wiig, and she's just a normal kind of nerdy scientist you know kind of wallflower you know you you notice her but she's very forgettable but she's she's a gemologist and some other stuff and um they recovered a bunch of stolen artifacts in the from the the jewelry store heist that wonder woman stopped in the mall and one of them is this crystal that looks wholly unremarkable but it turns out that crystal is like the crux of the movie because it's uh, it's some wishing stone that was cursed by some god of some Mayan god of trickery. Okay, so they went with that, and that's what gives her powers basically by the end of the movie. Well, or not? I mean, it's 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 the MacGuffin for the whole movie. Oh God! So Maxwell Lord wants it because none of his businesses are taking off, and he wants it so he can become a success, basically. And while Diana Diana and Barbara are talking about it and holding the crystal, Barbara's like. I don't even know if that if that was actually a wishing crystal. I don't even know what I would wish for. And and um, and you see Diana hold it and look at it, and she goes, "I know what I would wish for." Um. So then uh, you don't you don't hear it, but she she makes a wish. Clearly, she makes a wish, and 
Barbara then picks it up and says she wishes she could be more like Diana. She could be more like Wonder Woman. Uh, then Maxwell Lord shows up at the museum. I think it's the Smithsonian. I think they're working at the Smithsonian. He shows up at the Smithsonian. And uh, he sent the burglars to steal the crystal from the shop. Um, and he ends up kind of seducing Kristen Wiig to get into her office to get the crystal. And then he takes it and he wishes uh, that he would actually be the crystal. Like that he could absorb the crystal's power and basically be, be the, the wish master or whatever. So Diana's wish, as it turns out, is that Steve Trevor uh, to be alive again. And the way they execute that is to have Steve's spirit come back and inhabit another person's body. That now that's... it's but it's Chris Pine because she says, like she tells the guy, I know it's that she tells Steve, she goes, I know you're in a different body. But it's you. I know it's you. And all I can see is you. So you're seeing him through her eyes. But it's, I mean, it's a totally different dude that Steve Trevor's inhabiting. But you see him as Chris Pine in the movie. Uh-huh. Bad, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a bad mechanic. Now, that being uh-huh. said, I love seeing Gal and Chris Pine on screen together. They have a, they have a pretty amazing chemistry. And seeing Chris, who died in 1980, or seeing Steve, who died in 1918, suddenly exposed to 1984 and all the stuff about it. And Diana's kind of taking him on a tour, showing him stuff. And, like, of course, he's super interested in airplanes. Um, so they go to, like, the, the Smithsonian Flight Center and and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's those those scenes are really nice and charming. Um, do they rectify that at all, or do they just leave him? They rectify it. Okay. They rectify it. I was going to say, that that seems kind of, I don't know, that fucking dark, man. Well, yeah, because, and then she, you know, she bangs him. She bangs Steve in this other dude's body, so she's really banging this. I mean, it's weird, dude. Right? It's weird. That's really fucking weird, man. You know, they could have, they could have used... You know, Steve died in that explosion flying the, the chemicals away at the end of the first Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. The plane, you know, he the plane blew up. They could have been like, oh, with the oh, with the powers unleashed by her and Ares and the explosion created a time portal and threw him forward 70 years. Right. You know? They could have saved That's him. That's like any number. They could have of... done that. They could have done that. They could have done any number of things. Seriously. So, you know, we see... So, their stuff is nice. Their stuff is really nice. Except it's um, not really him. Oh, it's it's him, but you know you know what I mean. It's him, but it's not. It's him, it's but it's not. Weird, yeah, it's man. just weird. It's an odd choice. And my... it's it's That was where the movie lost my wife. My wife was gone. She she stepped off the train at that point in the movie. Um, Yeah, because, you know, Clark Kent's going to see that shit and he's going to be like, Diana, seriously? Yo... Uh, you can't call mm-hmm. this guy. I mean, you what's a, what are you doing, girl? Mushrooms? Yeah. Acid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Smoking um, the reefer. So meanwhile, Ma- Maxwell Lord is going crazy as the, the wishing stone. Wishes himself into wealth. Wishes... Uh, but you only get one wish. You only get one wish. And so he uses his wish 
to to make his his investments um, profitable. No, wait. Yes. But didn't he use his wish to become the stone? Yes. Okay, that's right. That's what he used his wish to become the stone. And then he can trick people into wishing for things because the, the wishes have a downside. It'll give you what you want, but it'll take something in return. So he has the ability to like, he goes and sees Simon Stagg, another C-list DC character, and tricks him into making a wish, and then Stagg gets arrested. And so he's basically, he's manipulating people all over the place into making wishes, and then he's taking whatever he wants from them. Um, and so the world starts spiraling out of control because the, you know, the, the, trick, the trickster god that created the stone, you know, that was like, that was his little thing that he put on it. So... You know, Barbara is Barbara Minerva, who becomes Cheetah. She's she is becoming more and more like Diana, but she's also losing that good, sweet person that she was in the process. Um, Diana has Steve back, but she's losing her powers. She's still way above a normal person, but like you see her get shot, like she takes a bullet wound. Uh -huh. um, she's losing her strength. She's losing her speed because of her wish because of her wish and then the world is literally just spiraling out of control because the more people maxwell starts manipulating the the more like the butterfly shattering effect starts happening so basically you know it comes down to where diana discovers that she can either hang on to steve and let the world go to shit or let him go and be who she is again. Um, and that's how they resolve it. She lets Steve go. Again, she renounces her wish and Steve's spirit goes away. And she gets her powers back. Um, that simple? And then she goes, that simple. All you have to say is you renounce your wish and it's, it's done and gone. That, from a trickster god like Loki? Yeah, no. Well, a Mayan trickster god. So, well, I mean, the Mayans I at least they're nicer. Vikings are like you know that all that the Norse they're they're fucking like I don't see Loki being like yeah. yo <laughs> easy out yo. Yeah. So so Maxwell basically tricks the president into making a wish, and then he takes basically takes the president's power and authority from him. And he goes to this experimental satellite station that can broadcast to any any and all screen worldwide at the flick of a switch. So he's like, I'm basically gonna get the whole world to start making wishes. He's like a he's like an like a televangelist almost, you know, at this point. Uh, and but Diana figures it out and she's she's super powerful. Um, she goes and gets that winged Valkyrie armor, which actually has a really cool backstory. That she tells Steve, because Steve sees it in her little... She has a little, like, control room with a bunch of CCTVs and stuff like that. And it's, like, covered up in a in a canvas tarp. And he's like, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's the armor of... And I can't remember the name. Uh, Aristeres or something to that effect. Uh, an Amazon warrior um, who, when the Amazons were freeing themselves from, from men back in the day... They all pooled everything they had to make her this suit of armor so she could defend the Amazons while they escaped. And you see, like, they do a, they do a flashback cutscene to that. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
Diana, you know, go and then she never made it to Thermoscura. So Diana said when she left, she made it her her mission to find the armor, and she did. Um, you know, and it's just a cool gold suit with wings. It was in the trailer, so I'm sure right. you've I'm sure you've seen an image of it. Um, so cool armor. She figures out how to she figure yeah, it's beautiful armor. She figures out how to fly. In the meantime, um, based on what Steve had told her about flying, is just catching the wind and blah blah blah. And then she's also like lassoing lightning bolts and stuff to get a boost, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, although it, it drug out, it drug out for far too long, and mm. it was it was meant to be way more emotional. Like it tried too hard. It tried too hard to be emotional. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. And yeah, so she goes and gets the armor, and then goes to the satellite station. And meanwhile, Barbara has t- basically become the bodyguard of Maxwell Lord. And has like I want to be an apex predator, and so she is being transfigured into the cheetah. And then Diana shows up. Barbara reveals herself as the cheetah. They fight. Barbara loses, of course. Diana busts in. Maxwell's wishing power is out of control, and it's creating like a whirlwind. She can't get to him to stop him. And then she's like beaten down in a corner, like not from any punches, but just like this whirlwind of wishes coming in is like a physical manifestation and she just can't get through it. Okay. And then like, she somehow snakes the lasso of truth onto Maxwell's leg without, I mean, you don't see it on screen until the reveal. And then she starts talking and you think she's talking to Maxwell, but somehow she's talking through Maxwell to the world. And then everybody in the world simultaneously through the power of the, of the lasso starts rescinding their wishes. And she kind of gets through to Maxwell, and he stops what he's doing, and he rescinds his wish. And I think Barbara rescinds hers. And, you know, then essentially the world gets back to normal. Like, nuclear missiles that were in flight from Russia to the U.S. and U.S. to Russia vanish because they were wished for by, by the leaders of the various countries. And then, you know, the movie basically wraps up with diana kind of being out and celebrating and being like oh the world's at peace and beautiful and there's so much good and so much this and that and she sees the guy who uh steve steve inhabited she sees that guy that steve inhabited the guy that she essentially banged Mm -hmm. and they have a little they have a little chit chat and um you know steve steve before he was wished away told her to move on like he's like i'm gone you this is a world full of beautiful people you deserve to be among them be with one you deserve to be with somebody so i don't you know she didn't ask that guy out they didn't swap phone numbers or anything but you kind of got the idea that maybe she was gonna something was i don't know something I don't know. uh it was a convoluted mess of a movie wow from start to finish it was they could have done things in a million different ways even with Maxwell Lord being involved, they could have, instead of having this wishing stone MacGuffin, they could have done the time travel thing with Steve and then had Maxwell Lord sponsoring this museum to go down to the investigate a Mayan ruin where Cheetah, where Barbara gets cursed, which I think is basically what happens to her in the comic book. I want to say, yeah, pretty cursed. much, right? Like she finds a knife or a statue or something and gets the curse of the Cheetah God from this tribe on her. They could have gone a million different routes, and they went with the weirdest one possible. Mm. 
Wow. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's I would gi- I would give the movie a six out of ten. It's worth watching. There's definitely some cool stuff to see, but it felt like it just felt like such a convoluted mess. It was way too long. It was like two and a half hours. Way too long. Way too messy. Um. Yeah, just not the. <laughs> Not what I would, not what I would, it's not what I wanted to see after that amazing movie that was Wonder Woman. I mean, and Diana became my favorite character in that universe after that movie. I mean, I love, I love Henry Cavill's Superman, but that Diana in that movie was, is, was incredible and really was the pinnacle of the universe and inspiring and just the whole nine yards. And yeah, and that sucks and to what they, they did. Man, that I don't want to. I don't want to say they ruined her, but they didn't do her any favors. Um, but watch the movie and decide for yourself. I, I will. You now I. Well, that was to everybody, not just you. But um, we all will. They did. They did do one cool thing. One really cool thing that I personally loved. We get a mid-credit scene, and. It's you see a woman with long black hair, and you assume it's Diana at first, and she's in like a blue shroud or a blue uh, wrap or something. She's wearing blue. I don't. I don't. I'm not into women's fashion. I don't know what y'all call your shit. Um, and then some freak accident happens, and this telephone pole starts falling over, and the woman in blue reaches up and, and stops it and catches it and saves this person's life. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you. How did you how did you do that? And then she turns and it's none other than Linda Carter, who played Wonder Woman on the television show back in the 80s, um, playing the Amazon uh, Aristeries or whatever her name was. that had the armor that Diana wore to the to the fight with Cheetah. So she made a little cameo as this legendary Amazon warrior that Diana looked up to. Um, so that was that was pretty cool, the Linda Carter wow. thing. And my wife and my wife goes, That thirty seconds was better than the whole movie. <laughs> oh god, that sucks. But that's awesome at the same yeah. time. I mean it's awesome that they yeah. had the scene, but it sucks that, that you can say that and I I can tr- I I I trust both of your guys' opinion and that's I am not saying I, again that I don't want to see the movie, but <clears throat> I don't think it's worth starting my Free t- my free trial of the HBO Max just yet then for I, 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 I'm not surprised though unfortunately DC they haven't found they haven't found the formula for doing the live action movies that they used to have I mean they have a sequel problem yeah they make they make a good first entry and then they have a hard time following it it's up. That, that's so true. Batman and Batman Forever. I mean, Tim Burton almost went a little bit overboard though on Batman Returns, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we and I mean, the later movies, you know, with Kilmer and Clooney, <laughs> Bat Nipples are yes, Bat Nips. We had Bat Nips. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Man of Steel was wonderful. Batman versus Superman, the addition that they released into the theater wasn't great, but the director's cut actually is, but it's also like a three and a half hour movie. 
if you watch the whole thing, if you watch the whole cut of BVS, but it makes much more sense. It's a much better movie. Um, you know, kind of in the way that I assume when the Snyder Cut of Justice League comes out, mm. it'll be... it'll. And I liked the original Cut of Justice League. I thought it was a fun movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But we know Aquaman 2 is coming, so maybe that one will break the... The sequel curse, and we know that there's a Flashpoint movie coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, that will be the first yeah. Flash movie, is the Flashpoint one, right? Yeah, but that movie's been a long time yeah, coming. Yeah, it has. That's been in the works for a long time. Do, do we have um, any idea what direction they're really going? I mean, how close to comic Flashpoint they're going? I mean, if if the rumors are true, it's going to be incredibly close. It's going to be incredibly close because we know they did a take on Flashpoint on the Flash TV series. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they worked with inside the universe they had. Yeah, but I mean, I it sounds like, and I've read the comics, and they did a Flashpoint animated movie that I've watched. Yeah, and the animated movie followed the comics very, very close. It sounds as if you know, if you want to listen to the castings and all that, that they're going to. They're going to stick pretty close to to Flashpoint, so I mean that means we might see a war between Atlantis and the Amazons and the Amazons. Cool. That'd be cool. We might see Wonder Woman kill Mira. Thomas um, Wayne. You know, we might see Thomas yeah. Wayne, who everybody wants Jeffrey Dean Morgan oh. to play. Which I mean, he played Thomas Wayne for you know a brief second in BVS, you know, where him and Martha got murdered. Martha. <laughs> Why'd you say that name? Why'd you say that name? <laughs> um, and and Ben Affleck is supposedly in the movie playing Bruce Wayne. So I mean, the formula is there. I haven't I haven't heard if um, Jason Momoa is attached. Um, and what about the? But we'll find out. The oh, what's it, Pattinson Batman? Have we heard anything about that? It's it's on the way. It's on the way. Okay. Uh, I think they're still working on it over in London. They've had COVID shutdowns multiple times uh, due to cast or crew getting sick. Uh, but it's on the way, and it it looks incredible. Everything I've seen, which is only one trailer, that movie looks incredible. Uh, yeah. But again, I, I don't think it's connected to this broader universe, no, but it doesn't have to be. I don't think it is be. either, but uh, yeah, again, I, I think you're right. That, it doesn't have to be at all. In the, in the same way, in the same way I, I'm not sure if this Suicide Squad remake that James Gunn is doing is connected to the broader universe. I think it, I think it must be because of the Margot Robbie playing Harley Quinn thing. But now the Suicide Squad, they're going to do another director cut kind of thing that they originally that they're doing with uh, Justice League. I know I know David Ayers wants to. I haven't heard it be I haven't heard if it's officially oh, okay. announced or not, but I know I thought I had heard I know David Ayers. Maybe. Well, he he said the the version of the movie he put together is nothing like the version of the movie that hit the big screen. So, he wants to do a David Ayers cut of the original Suicide Squad movie in the same way that Snyder is getting to to redo the justice. And I heard uh, Leto's Joker actually has a whole lot of redeemable scenes in his cut. Yes, that's I've heard that as yeah. well. Anyway, 
So a lot of that, a lot of that goes on with DC, it seems like, and I'm not, I'm not, I guess, against them, but I totally am critical of, of going to see the movie right away versus waiting for it to come out on home theater or streaming platform or whatnot, just because, not that I don't want to see it, but because I want to save those big screen moments for big screen worthy items you know yeah well i mean if if i were you and i had to pick a time and place to to use a free trial of hbo max i would wait for this that's my plan so right now of justice league and that's march so that is actually not too far away they said march um you know but then also the other side of that coin is with HBO Max getting all of those movies next year that were supposed to be theatrical releases. I mean, that's a really good reason to get HBO Max because, I mean, there's some heavy-hitting movies in there. Absolutely, and I, uh, I plan – that's why it's like when do I enact my free trial to capitalize the most on A, those movies, but also not – waste around with a whole lot of filler time because once they start landing i think it's going to be pretty constant and regular that it's going to be something to look look forward to and then i can in my mind no offense hbo max but justify the cost um well i mean hbo max does have a, a lot to offer they really do uh, that's no joke there is a there is a ton of value in hbo absolutely max. i just um, i have a whole we we just subscribed to a whole lot already, and so it's just adding another. Oh yeah, yeah, no, dude, I, I trust me. You get I it. You know, everybody knows completely. the battle. It's like, do we do we add it or but do hey, we drop something and add it? So, <laughs> I I would add it, dude, because I mean that's just my opinion. Is I would add it, and they're they're making the value even deeper. Like everything that was on the the DC Unlimited app, so like Teen Titans and Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. All of that's landing on HBO Max. They just announced Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond will be on HBO Max here soon. Um, there's a lot of value there because you put put the DC stuff aside, you still have pretty like you've got a shit ton of stuff that Warner Brother own, Warner Brothers owns. You have I think Friends is streaming on there exclusively now. Oh god. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I think is streaming on there Sadly, exclusively now. Sadly, if I told my family um, that, I think we would have it tonight. Oh, well put Amy put Amy on all Right. It's like it's like I all I have to say is Friends streams on HBO Max and they'll be like, "What?" I don't know how many times my my kids and wife have watched that show from start to end. Well, Chandler and Joey are funny. They are. He, uh, they, they, Phoebe's funny. Um, Ross you know, just reminds Monica's me of annoying. myself and kind of being pathetic. <laughs> Pivot. I knew a guy. I knew a guy once who was from the same town that they filmed Napoleon Dynamite in, and he said he can't watch the movie because Napoleon reminds him too much of his childhood. <laughs> I've heard that too. My wife says the exact same thing about because. She grew up well, you, you know. Um, but she was a but she was a bit north, but she was still 
from Idaho. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Idaho's a very long state right. vertically. Yes, yeah, so she, she's she's from many, many hours right. north and west or east. Wasn't it of Pocatello? Of Which one? It was Pocatello yeah. area, yeah, somewhere down in there, yeah. So about as actually about as far away as you can get and still be in Idaho from where you're right. And she yet at the same from. time she says that's just how people in that's she's like that's how people in Idaho. I shouldn't say that because somebody's gonna be like oh, I can't believe you said that about Idaho. Idaho's an amazing. It has state, a lot dude. to offer. Idaho's it really does. State. It's gorgeous. Um, it is, and there's some really really you know really really cool people there um but yeah at the same time it's it's what the guy was saying it's like i it's my childhood there were certain it was like that was it and i think there but i think that's like small just kind of like a i don't know i could say a lot about my childhood in the 80s that that and i was grew up on the you know the west coast of washington i it, as opposed to the east coast of well, washington or well right <laughs> the west, i grew up west side of washington excuse me uh the, yeah but i grew up in the west side of washington and the it's like the east side even in the small towns it's like once you got so far north of seattle back or you know in the 80s early 90s it was there was so much that was just i rural living and it really wasn't that biggie big that busy and then yeah it was like going back in time yeah 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 no i understand i mean seattle is has been a technology driven city for a long time and i mean once you escape that before it started branching out the way it has yeah i could see that it's um it's like when i went up to alaska uh when i got to alaska it was for me it was like going back in time a minimum of five years um, it was like everybody's cell phones were the giant bricks that you had to pull the antenna right. out. Like it was, it's weird. It was just weird. It was like going back yeah, and uh, compared to the CONUS. And and if you live in Alaska and you listen to this, I am not bashing the state. I love comfort love, in it. Love Alaska. Love Alaska so much. It is the most beautiful place on planet Earth, hands down. There's a comfort being able to go back though, like that, dude, and and because it's it's simpler. Yeah. Things were just simpler. You know, it was it was an easier time, I think, in a lot of ways growing up. And there was some time, like I I can honestly say, there was a time just after we grew up that things really started changing. Yeah, life life sped up. The world got started getting faster is how I describe it is things is got smaller in a, way, every, a lot of ways too. Every everything everything started happening. It seemed like everything started happening sooner for people. Right. And you know, it was right about the time that they figured out how to put like Facebook onto a cell phone. Cell phones becoming you remember when it was they went from being uh phones to being touch screens and it's like that smartphones and all the different shit that just came i mean it like just exploded i even back when we first got our cell phones we, we won't talk about how long ago but when we had our first cell phones they were really just phones i mean we even got ours before texting was really big 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, texting, I didn't start texting until like 2007. Um, like, the other than being a phone and maybe an alarm clock, the most extra stuff my phone could do was play a game. Like a side, like a Game Boy quality puzzle quest kind of something, like spaceship yeah. sort of game. Yeah, yeah, right, dude. And it was like, and then, then shit just started picking up, and then interconnectivity, all the MySpaces, and then you got the phones and Facebook and messaging, and you could everything became so much more instant and interconnected in a way that. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to say we weren't. I don't think we understood the box we were opening at the point in time we opened it. And there's no way we could have. There was no way we could right? have. But everybody, if you were, if you were, if you were cool or whatever, however you want to phrase it, you you went for that stuff you had to have it because everybody else was getting it it was i don't it was almost rammed down our throats right it's true that was the golden age of marketing and everything else that was going on with uh with all the negatives that come along with it there's a whole there's a whole world of positives with it yes but you know, but now we're also now we're at a point where that's where you sit here talk to maybe gone too far Yeah, well, I mean, we're talking to people who are hopefully going to listen to this on their phones or some other portable device. Exactly, right? (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I'm talking, we're we're at a point where I do think it needs to be pulled back a little bit. And just simply because of the, the interconnectivity between web browsers and social media, like the, the algorithms Mm -hmm. that can almost rule your life because if you do a Google search for something and then magically you're seeing ads for that on your Facebook because it's accessing and sharing the same data, like there's a danger there right? of being, I don't want to say programmed, but no, there is. It's, it's, if, if you're not aware of it, it's something that could, can, can lead and guide and control your, your actions to be and like, and some of that is what's I going on. Act, yeah. Marketing, advertising. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, advertising is to control your subconscious to make you want to go out and buy a product that you might it probably actually don't really need. It's like, I mean. Probably. Well, I mean, dude, let's just, let's just put a, a hat on it most of the stuff that we have and enjoy like i love playing xbox i don't need an xbox no right i don't it's true i don't i don't but i love playing xbox i I love i love the escape of video games right you know i don't need hbo max but i love movies i don't need netflix but i love movies and tv shows i don't need any of that stuff it's true i need disney plus because of the Mandalorian, because I, I need my I need, Star Wars and the Marvel movies. I need that stuff in my life, but but you how know, you consume I mean, it is like it is. It's one of those things that's interchangeable. As long as you have a way to consume it and consume it when, and that's where it's changed. It used to be like before even home video. The only way you could consume a movie was to go to the movie theater. Um, then we added yeah. VHS, you know, and you could all of a sudden. Even television broadcasting, you would could had to wait till it was on television, and then, then we get the movie, and then we get from the movie you got, I mean, DVDs, Blu-rays, Explosion Forward, and just how many 
Streaming. Right. And then everything's at your fingertips. Streaming, streaming hit before Blu-ray. It's true. Dude. Streaming hit before Blu-ray. And I, dude, I was like, I gotta admit, I was like, I was on the streaming bandwagon when Netflix was a goddamn CD you had to use. Yeah, dude. Actually, that's kind of funny. Kevin Kevin Smith has been cleaning out his office and going through shit, and he he's posting about it on social media. And he said he found an advertisement for Netflix from way back in the mm-hmm. day, and it was like he's like, "Do you believe this shit? You can get movies mailed to your house. Oh god! And depending on how much money you pay, determines the amount of movies you have mailed to your house." He goes, "This is magical, right? It's true. <laughs> I remember that, dude. I, I we we did that. We would we would pick a list, and God, we watched so many movies, and then yeah." You had to manage that fucking yeah. list too. That was a part of your week. Is like, depending on how big your list was and how quick you were watching and sending them back, you had to keep up on that list, or you weren't going to be getting right. Movies. And or oh god, yeah, you just and I would go in, dude. I would set a queue of like ten movies. Oh, dude, I think my queue had right? like fifty. Just you never wanted to run out. I got it was so bad, but. I was getting them. I started getting Netflix DVDs when I was living in Alaska. It, it's smart. That's when I started getting the movies because I mean, we the town I lived in and worked in was forty five miles from Anchorage, mm-hmm. and there was like bars, and you know, like I had nothing against going to the bars even in those days, but like I worked till ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. I was tired. I wanted to just go home and chill. And if I didn't feel like playing a video game, I was going to watch a movie. And so I was just constantly getting movies, 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 movies. Right. I watched some great movies. They had some really good uh, good selection. They still do. Um, it, I think you can still get the DVD. I think you can still do that, right? You can still get physical media from Netflix, right? They're still doing uh, that. I want to say they stopped a while ago, but I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Did they? I thought they were still doing it because there's got to be people who are just like, I don't want nothing That's to do with German that internet stuff. stuff. Or if you're not in the right area, I have no clue. I'd, I'd, I'd have to check it. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're rural enough, you might not have the bandwidth needed to stream, although that... That's becoming even more and more rare by this point, I would imagine. Right. I, I would say yes, but it's. I look at my parents who live right next to the freeway, and we're talking I five freeway, right? And they yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't even have dial. The only thing they can get out at their place, they can get dial up if they still had a modem. Um, otherwise, their only option is satellite. Yeah, and I mean that. I know I've been to your parents' house multiple times, many, many times. I've spent a lot of time at your parents' house mm-hmm. with you. Not that far. And knowing, knowing what I know about that area, they are not far out of town, not far out of a major, not a metropolitan, but a large cluster of communities that is basically one seamless large town. There's no mm-hmm. gaps. Um, and there is a massive casino not too far from them. They're they're not in the middle of nowhere. They are they're off the main road, but by like two and, roads, right? And you know? all it has to do with is the 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 company that has owned the cable rights to the area. No one wants to spend the money to put put in the new lines. Meanwhile, it's like 
I can't even tell you how many people uh, have how many people live in the area now. It's it's grown up and built up so much. At least double. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, There's... dude, Seattle Seattle had nowhere left to expand. To to to, the only place it could go was north. It That's could true. only go north because then that north was a big, fair not empty, but once you got past Everett, you got past Everett, it started becoming a lot of nothing. But now it's like what. Smoky Point is now that part of, of demarcation where you have a gap of nothing until you get uh, to I would Mount really Vernon. almost even put it to Arlington. I mean, because you, you have Smoky Point really? and they really? have this big new exit for Target right there at Smoky Point. But then it's like the rest stop right there. And after that is the big, the big Arlington exit. And that has yeah. obviously like Denny's and other shit like that and all these uh, gas stations. But it's like the last stop before there actually is nothing. But I would say that's the outskirts now is Arlington exit. Wow. Well, and, and it's not that there's nothing. It's just there's nothing right there. Yeah, on no the big buildings. Every every few miles, every few miles you go, there's going to be an exit. And one of those exits is going to take you to a town that's got a decent population in some cases. Right. And that's like you don't see Stanwood from the freeway, but Stanwood is not that far off the freeway. And it's in between those areas. Arlington, you know? like, Stanwood, all of those. Camino Island is uh, is is right there Tomato and then Island, obviously yeah. you get yeah, once yeah. you get there then you're mount vernon and it, it it's sort of like it just kind of it, it swells between mount vernon and bellingham that which is where my parents are is probably the sparsest bit north of everett seattle um Yes, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, once you get north of Mount Vernon, once you get past that casino, it's basically that's when until you hit Bellingham, you're not. But they're see right it. at that. Ca- they're right at that again on that outskirts line, and and so, but yeah. north of there, most places and most uh, <laughs> um, houses and everything north of there, as long as they're on the east side of the freeway, they have high speed internet from. But if interesting. on the west interesting, side, interesting, interesting, yeah, it's like you can't get anything on the west side because they don't want to run the lines over there. Even though it's like there's bows over there, there's a lot of small towns, I guess you could say, for Western Washington, um, small towns over there. But it, it, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think it's stupid. I there a lot of places and a lot of people that are or companies that way that are missing missing out but uh, i'm not the guy that the site makes those decisions <laughs> that's not my job yeah no and if i if i was they would do that <laughs> right i'm not so <laughs> could bitch about it but that's about <laughs> it <laughs> wow so so yeah you know um yeah so wonder woman 84 um make up your own mind but not 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 the greatest movie on the it sounds like yeah that's a dc sequel and i'm not knocking that it's gonna be worth seeing i'm gonna see it but it's yeah, I I just I didn't know how to get back on topic. I was like, what was the last thing we talked about? Right. Oh, yeah. Wonder Woman. Oh, right. yeah. Hey, hey. Pothole. I forgot the microphone was in front just, of me. We were just, just talking, chit-chat. You know? that, that's what this is, though. That's that's kind of... Rabbit hole. Oh, excuse me. Rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Dude, <laughs> it, 
if we were smart, we would have named our podcast you know, the Rabbit it, Hole. Right, yeah. But we're not smart. We're not smart. Just come down the rabbit hole. You know, that would have been really good, really catchy. Now some of you know, they're... There probably already is a podcast called The Rabbit Hole, though, and then we would get a cease and yeah, Right. I, you know, I, I like us. I like us. Self, self-affirmation self right there. <laughs> uh, so where are we at? Are we, are we moving on to – it looks like we're moving on to a little bit of Star Wars stuff now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So just just so you know, uh, there is a podcast that the New York Times does called the called oh. Rabbit Hole. There's a podcast called <laughs> The Rabbit Hole. There's TRH Radio, which means The Rabbit Hole Radio. There's a podcast called In the Rabbit Hole. There's a podcast called Deeper Fuck Down the, the Rabbit, Rabbit Hole. Hole. There's another podcast called The Rabbit Hole. The Rabbit Hole is um, goddamn crowded is what you're telling me. There's the Rabbit Hole Podcast. There's the Rabbit Hole Horror Cast. There's the Erotica. I don't know if that has anything to do with that. The Edge <laughs> if of the it Rabbit does, Hole. I don't want to know. Um, yep. Um, one Dozen Rabbits. The Rabbit Hole. One Dozen Rabbits. Yeah, dude. There's Down the Rabbit Holes. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. There's, and we. <laughs> there's, it's crowded. There's, there's a lot of. There's a lot you of You know rabbit what rabbits holes, do so in their holes. Maybe maybe uh, they sleep eating <laughs> Um anyway, yeah, so maybe our naming choice was a good call. But yeah, no, there uh there 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 was some Star Wars uh some Star Wars stuff. Uh Man- Mando ending season 2 aside, there was some news that uh that came out and uh you know, once again, the 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 powers of uh, of deductive reasoning that we occasionally show might have served us well, thanks to uh, I think a prediction that you made or a, or a casting choice that you made a year right. ago. It was about about a year ago. It was one of our first one of our starting episodes. Was Mara Jade, wasn't it? Yeah, back when we were just doing the Broom Boys, back before it became a segment mm-hmm. of this, and we were positing if we saw, if we ever saw Mar- Mara Jade come to the live action and the big screen, or or even you know TV, who who would they get to play her? And we had some really, I I feel like the list we came up with was a nice solid list because. Part of me is thinking that, yeah, we were sold on a whole lot of different names, but I think my, yeah, a whole lot of redheads, right. basically, a lot of redheads. <laughs> we covered all the different shades of red, I think. Yeah, but but hey, to to quote Jack Palance in City Slickers, <laughs> I like redheads. <laughs> oh man, when was the last time you oh, watched? Oh boy, City Slickers? dude, it has been. Ten that years? movie holds up, man. That movie really years. holds up. It's that that movie really holds up. It's fan. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's movie. wonderful. Uh, Anyways, Marge. Anyway, uh, Marge. Though, I was guessing. I I had just watched uh, several different things. I had seen. Uh, we had Endgame, uh, and we I'd seen uh, Jumanji oh, too. What are you laughing at? Sorry, 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 dude. I just. <laughs> 
you said Billy Crystal, and then I'm City Slickers is on my mind a little bit, and all I could all I could see in my head and hear in my head was the scene where they discover that Jack Palance's character Curly had died, and Billy Crystal is like, he is a real cowboy. He sleeps with his eyes open, so he can still watch the herd. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, go. That's go. a great Margin. scene. That movie Margin. is so full of hoo-ha. Oh, wait, not wrong. Sorry. Sorry, that's not, not what I was thinking. Um, totally percent of the woman percent of a woman right there. Um, but, um, no, Mara Jade, uh, Karen, uh, Gillen, right? Is that how you say her name? Gillen. Uh, Gillian. Gillian. Karen Gillian, yeah, or Jillian. Karen I, Jillian I or Gillian? I, this is where... Nebula. Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Jumanji, she yes, played. I don't remember what uh, her name was in Jumanji. Professor something uh, or other. The the ones the ones with the Rock mm-hmm. and yep. Jack Black, right? That's the Jumanji. Yeah, Actually, not the Robin though, that, what's really funny is they are in the same universe that they completely um, pay homage uh, in some way. I remember, or what was it that? Anyway, we watched it. It was it was kind of an interesting take on the whole thing, but um, but she does such a great job in as in that action role, in the action roles, in the kick ass role. I was thinking, you know, I, I totally could see her playing Amara Jade, especially a little bit darker, more brooding a- after the Nebula performance, you know. I could, yeah, I think I, I think I agreed with your, uh, with your choice on that as well. She might have even been on my list. Um, I don't remember all. Of my, like I said, anybody who was a fan, I think Bryce Dallas Howard was on so. her list too. I think so. <laughs> um, and now she's, but she's directing Star Wars stuff now, so I, I, she might not get put in front of the camera at this point. But uh, the um, only time I think is in the little cameos, like they did with Filoni and everybody, and the the X wings or things like that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe not. She's doing the Jurassic Park stuff. But so, but still, yes, that was that was she was on. I want to say my top three list. I don't remember exactly which place. I think she was like right, that. That sounds right. I don't remember. Yeah, she could have been right. my one, but she could have been my three. I, uh, but she was definitely on my top three. Um, I was kind of sold on her at the point in time, though. Um. Just because I liked, I liked what she did in the Jumanji too. I had just watched that, and I thought, yeah, I could see her doing it. Yeah, I, and and the way the way they evolved the the Nebula character and the way she played her, she, I think Nebula. I think my wife claims Nebula as her favorite character in those movies. She she loves Nebula, and she loves the the portrayal of her by, by Karen Gill, uh, Jillian. Yeah, Gillian, what Karen, a great Karen. Karen growth for her the character arc and the growth that that character experienced from where she was at the start of her entry into the mcu to where she kind of ended there was i mean would would you have ever in your life imagined we would get a scene where it's her and robert downey jr playing tony stark playing football with the folded paper triangle <laughs> kicking field goals would you have ever in your life pictured and how they no. how well they no, played never. it so straight faced it was perfect oh yeah and with her like the first punt that robert downey jr does and she's <laughs> like 
But and then you see when, you know, after Robert like records his maybe final goodbye to Pepper and he's like passed out on the floor and she comes and covers him with his coat and like puts him in the seat and all that, like very caring where for, she'd come from you know, and for, for him. And yeah, yeah, she's showing a lot of empathy, which is something you never really yeah. saw. Before. So it was it was definitely a fun gro- character progression. One of my favorites. And again, she the dynamic of each stage, she played so well and so convincing for Nebula that beyond just her comedic timing that you definitely see in some of the other films, even in that one, well, again, with the football scene, she has great, great acting chops, in my opinion. And she, and yeah, a worthy, a worthy choice to play. We'll see Mara if we're Jane right, right? Sure. <laughs> So yeah, but her her she's apparently the front runner, or the rumor is she's the front runner. Um, and I mean, and she already works for Disney, so it would make a lot of sense for them to keep it in their shop. Um, now I think she is definitely still playing Nebula in at least mm-hmm. one more movie. Uh, she'll probably be in Guardians Three, um, which isn't slated to go into production for a while yet. So. I mean, she would have time, and she would have time. Do you think but, that? Um, uh, well, I was oh, thinking with uh, the talk of potentially Stan or Young Luke and all that other stuff, it, that the casting would allow open up a whole lot of story. Well, so I actually had a thought about that. Um, now, this is just uh, this was just a kind of a. A wild guess, maybe, and connecting the 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 the, the dots and the and the streams a little bit. Connect maybe. away. But uh, but what if? And this is probably a huge what if. But what if that announced show, the Acolyte, is actually the Mara Jade show? Because an Acolyte would be a accurate way to describe. Her. I and they were talking about all-female-led cast kind of thing and everything, I feel like that is so crucial. Yeah, I feel like it fits. the. I feel like it checks all the boxes. I mean, but they would they would push her, her timeline back about 200 yeah. years from her, from her novelization comic book. Um, video game timeline. Do you think um, Disney would do that? They to would throw push you her back, side? but they could. They could, but if they're not going to retcon Luke at all, there's no room for Mara in a non-retconned Luke timeline. Now, I think so... we kind of semi-discussed some of this, and even uh, and we. I think we're going to get into this whole. We're going to get into the whole sequel trilogy i think this episode we'll go let's get into let's dive into that about whether or not we should retcon toss them uh whether or not they should keep them because well i mean but there's a reason for that and and the the reason this discussion is happening because aside from that mara jade rumor and and the possible maybe the acolyte show is about mara jade is there's now talks that there's going to be a luke skywalker show and that disney or whoever is in charge of whatever lucas films they have a priority to and in quotation marks redeem luke skywalker 
the start of which we saw, obviously, on I read a Nando. nice quote, and I don't um, remember exactly who it was from. Um, and I, so I'm going to have to look it up and find that out. But it, it ultimately said, the fans need Luke Skywalker. The galaxy, the Star Wars universe and galaxy needs Luke Skywalker. It's like, and it went down this whole list of, Everybody, marketing needs Luke Skywalker. Advertising needs Luke Skywalker. Disney needs Luke Skywalker. It basically Luke Skywalker is is so needed to in the sense of how pivotal he was. The character was for the universe to just have him thrown on his ass leaves a huge hole. And I think what they're saying is whether it's Luke or somebody else who encompasses what luke is the galaxy needs that it's desperate for it they have to redeem that well you know i um i've read quite a few articles in in the i guess week it's been since that epic mando season two ending boner time every single reaction i have read it's all saying the same thing. I cried. I was emotional. I can't believe it. They that they they treated Luke the way he deserved to be treated. That Luke finally got what he deserved. Like we and we finally got the Luke that I think many of us felt that we deserved. Are they hearing there, the message? You think there is? I think they have to be. I think they have to be. The reaction to Luke showing up on Mando is spectacular. And the and the version of Luke we got, you know, questionable CGI aside, it wasn't the best no. reproduction of his face. I mean, we can all admit that. But I didn't need that. <laughs> but the representation of but the but you knew who it was. You there was, wasn't a question. He didn't even say his name. He didn't say I'm Luke Skywalker. Or, you know, which is weird cuz maybe Mara could have been, even Mara uh Kara could have been like right. Luke that's Luke Skywalker, like because you one would think as a as a warrior in the rebellion, she would have known who Luke was on definitely site. didn't need um, to say his name to know he was a Jedi. We we knew who he was. Um, but yeah, um, the his the reaction to, to that, you know, two or three minute scene in the Mandalorian is is just um, I mean, it's over the top. It's over the top. It's it's men and women from all walks of life. I mean, it's emotional. Just I mean, weeping tears of joy about the this this unfulfilled promise that I think we always kind of had with seeing Luke in his full fledged Jedi ness that never manifested before, except you know here and there in video games we saw a little bit of it, but we never got to see our Luke our Mark Hamill Luke on a big screen or on, on, you know, on any live action format until, until then in the way that we wanted to see him. And it's just over the top, dude, it's over the moon. And Disney would be absolutely dumb to throw this opportunity out because they have, and that's what they have is they have a, they have an opportunity and a window to, capitalize take advantage i mean write the ship uh patch the wall any number of analogies that you can make 
but it, it ultimately would all be meaningless unless they either retcon or pitch out the sequel trilogy. Because if The Last Jedi and, and in response, The Rise of Skywalker are allowed to stand as they are, anything that they show us will still end up being still leads to that yeah. you know what i'm saying and and his his end point yes we get to see more steps of his journey but his it wasn't not seeing his journey that didn't that bothered us it was where they decided his end point was going to be that bothered us and his end yeah state. and you can't you can't undo that so you either have to completely explain it or you and, and so you can ride around it or you have to completely yeah you have to retcon it or change it and that's i think that's the trick of of say the writers and dependent if they actually do the show is the trick is can you take this luke that we that we are uh, the fans obviously want to see and make it fit the bill for the luke that we got in that final trilogy um and if we get the show, I, I, I've always said I'm not against seeing Mara and Luke not be I'm husband and wife. I've, like I said, what last show we were talking and I was I would told I said I would be happy seeing Luke and Mara and Mara goes off with Grogu to be his protector while Luke goes off to form this Jedi temple or whatnot. Um and so the, Grogu's kind of their adopted child, like adopted, like Mando adopted him. And Grogu, Grogu comes becomes this, every, you know, u, universal, you know, adopted. Everybody gets to adopt him. Um, we have a couple here. So I, I, I don't know if you can get away with explaining The Last Jedi or the, the sequel trilogies without retconning it because the the we already saw with what jj and they had to work with in rise of skywalker the damage that last jedi did was such a hurdle to overcome and and actually come back from because of there were so many different story elements that just got completely dropped or um you know upended um and you just had the chaos and mess uh, that it was, and hence our, even our name, the Broom Boy. Anybody can be us, you know. <laughs> we we're gonna pull our fucking brooms. Um, yeah. Well, see, people would not have had as much of a problem with the Last Jedi if it didn't spend an entire movie shitting on him. To then spend five minutes showing us a great version of him, to then kill and him. I I would have been even happier if JJ had stepped back and said, uh, even if he had just completely been like uh, shitting down our throats and been like, uh, just yeah that that he wasn't there and he disappeared on the rock not because he disappeared into the force like Ben Kenobi or anybody did but because he was plucked by Ezra Bridger. I don't care. I mean, they can give me some fucking far-reaching shit. 
Um, but then JJ did the yeah, whole yeah, Force could. Ghost. But the, the weird part about the Force Ghost, though, was even Luke could grab shit and touch shit. So it was, wasn't even consistent with what we already knew. I mean, you know, we saw we saw Obi-Wan's ghost, like, sit on a log and, you know, touch... I think he touched Luke on the shoulder. I think they are able to physically have an effect, but I think it's incredibly draining on them. Um, yeah, right? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're, dude, you're probably I don't know. right. You, I, I, don't, mean, I don't know either. I think Yoda did some physical either, but... shit, too. Um, yeah, he calls, yeah, he called the lightning down on the tree... But yeah, no. See, if 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 they had had if they had done that storyline with Luke, and left him alive at the end of the Last Jedi, I think people would have been okay. You with can that. still redeem him like, a little okay, bit more. Now we get exactly. Now we get to see Luke redeem himself, and you know, and then he could have trained Rey, and then whether or not he goes out on the galactic adventure with Rey in in Rise of Skywalker is a totally different and wholly independent thing but you know i mean maybe you know he could have been involved with redeeming ben he could have been involved Helping. with you know hopping in an x hopping in an x-wing and going to fight the final helping battle against the fleet fucking han helping his sister yeah han to fucking just i, I mean, mean and why was i mean there's so many things that it just they didn't add it's like what a odd coincidence that ray was on uh was it jakarta jakku um was on jakku with the millennium falcon and other things like that and just happened to be stealing it at the same time and i know we can say that was the force but i just felt beyond anything it was such a bizarre set of circumstances that relied a whole lot more on the force being uh uh more directly involved i guess than i yeah yeah sentient sentient and being like no Push it this all together. is how it has to go down i mean look at look at a new hope one could say, oh, well, that's a remarkable set of coincidences. And it's like, no, it's not really when you put the pieces together if you look at them individually. Okay, so let's look at them individually. So it starts at Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Padme gives birth to Luke and Leia. Leia goes off with Bail Organa. Obi-Wan takes Luke to uh, his step-uncle and his step-aunt. Uh, Owen and Brew Lars on Tatooine. Obi-Wan stays on Tatooine. We know from Rogue One that Bail Organa kept in contact with Obi-Wan and knew exactly where he was. So he, with the Rebellion seeming like they're gearing up to fight, Mom Moth was like, will your friend help us? And he goes, I'll send somebody to talk to him. And she goes, who will you send? Is it somebody you trust? And I'll trust, I trust her with my life. I just watched Rogue One. That's why all these uh, lines are, good call. are in my head. Um, so... We so Bale is told by Mon Mothma, hey, can you get your Jedi to join this fight? I'll send my daughter to Tatooine to figure it out. So CPO C3PO and R2 are on her ship. We New Hope. They bail down there in the escape pods. They get picked up by the Jawas. The Jawas 
stop at the moisture farm, which is part of their regular route because they're very familiar with the with the Lars family and the Lars family is familiar with these Jawas. They buy the droids. R2 shows him the message for, you know, oh, Ben, Obi-Wan Kenobi, does he mean old Ben, you know? You know, it's, yes, is it is it a con- is it convenient? Sure. Does yeah, it I work? mean, it's absolutely. It, it doesn't. It's not I a mean, stretch for the whole droids being out in the in the desert. How many times have we seen that? We even saw the fucking Jawas come up on the Mando, and how fast they, yeah, right, and yes, how fast they strip times. a ship and all the other things like that. So it's a Jawa being on in the Tatooine desert, picking up scrap and droids and shit. Not a big, not a big stretch, not a big stretch. And no, not a they're, stretch at again, all. Not and a selling stretch at all. them to the the moisture farmers. Again, if they know they're looking for droids, then why it, the Jawa would probably make that a stop. It, it it all works in a way that the narrative that you can say, well, the force, the, all the force did at that point in time was put the right pieces in play at the right time. It didn't do anything other than than activate like a sleeper cell or something you know like oh hey all i need is it to go in so it's like it just a push maybe Uh, but that's the furthest it needs to happen you can just all call it you can call it luck fate or you can call it luck but there it's at that point in time it's really interchangeable it's not like it had a direct it's not like you can be like well it had a direct influence you can be like i think it did because you don't, you can't really know because it it, it could be circumstantial, 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 and uh, completely coincidental. Just yeah, you know, and I mean, so all that aside, if they choose the retconning route, which I think is way more difficult, I think they just need to 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 make the sequel trilogy uh, legends. Or find some way to be like it was a bad dream. You know, I hate the whole bad dream MacGuffin, but it could be done. It was a force vision of a possible outcome. I think Maybe an interesting even, thing to play on is the fact you know, it's like even the vision of uh, Ray when she was uh, she saw herself as uh, a Sith, right? Yeah, Dark Ray as Dark Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point in time, you can even, again, I, I've said it, we've said it before, it, cheesy as it is, time travel does exist in Star Wars. Pull her back and all of a sudden have a completely different story. And where Dar- Dark Ray is the antagonist, and that's what you're left with. And you all of a sudden have a different Luke and uh, Ben that doesn't fall, and all these different things. Well, I know, I, mean, I, I wouldn't go saying. that route. I I would I would go it's I would do something similar lunch, though I would <laughs> um, no it's not it's not I mean you could even like you could even bring all the like you could grab Poe and you could grab Finn and you could grab Ray you could, and all of those people I mean Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher are probably out of the picture but you could get Billy Lord use as much and, of the uh, uh, old, you, know, you could get right use you could some of the old them. clips if you can. As much as it would, as as hard as it would be to, to swallow, you right. could replace them. Done the right way, I believe. Um, yes. And that, Even I, honestly, I think maybe. at this point, fans want to see those characters. Fans want to see those characters continue, 
And I mean, frankly, they've all been recast. Like even Chewbacca obviously isn't played by Peter Mayhew anymore. Nobody is, you know, Kenny Baker is passed away. Peter I Mayhew would be happy to see away. a Sebastian. You know, Hayden Christensen's going to be wearing the Darth Vader. Yeah, I mean, it, people love these characters, and yes, obviously we love Mark Hamill and we love Carrie Fisher and we love Harrison Ford. But we're used to seeing different Batmans and James Bonds and all sorts of different characters picked up by different actors. I don't think people would care. So, okay, let's throw out the sequel trilogy, but let's offer the actors from there that we want. So let's say Ray, let's say Finn, let's say Poe, let's say Kylo even. You could even have Kylo still be the big bad guy, the grandson of Darth Vader, fallen to the dark side. Uh, without the slaughter of the Jedi Temple and without without it being Luke's fault. You could even go so far as to say, oh, it was Palpatine's Force Ghost that corrupted him. Or any number of things. You know, there's, there's a bunch of ways you could do it. But offer them the choice to be in it, retcon it, uh, alter it, do whatever you want. And then give us the stories that we have I, always You know, there's wanted. another way I think they could go about it. Uh, what if what if they What's took that? the mo- just took a pause, a step back, right? And so they for the next five years they just let the sequel trilogy just sit, and they invest in say that the Luke show, the the you know the after um, Return of the Jedi, where we're at with the Mandalorian, that kind of that that moment of Luke. And they go do what we were talking about as far as the format where you have old Luke, played by Hamill, telling the stories of young Luke. And then you can even use the movie footage clips to kind of give Carrie Fisher nods and retell the story that it's going on there. And then recast all the actors in younger roles. And thus, at the point in time, say, you know... 10 years from now when everything wraps on the show and you have this whole, you know, build up uh, and redemption arc of Luke that you're like, well, how are they going to make it fit into the, the sequel trilogy that stands? Then they go cut it off, retcon it or they, Oh, not retcon it, but they just completely drop it. Right. They legends and they release a new movie and then Luke and everybody can be played by the new cast, the new, the, the recast actors and i don't think people would feel any kind of pushback against that i i think people would be really happy they'd have time to yeah no as as long as right? as long as it's a good story i would I actually be really happy care. with that personally you know i mean i mean we have to there's there's just certain things about our actors that are attached to these roles that we need to understand Mark Hamill would do anything revolving around Luke Skywalker in a heartbeat. I think he's said as much, and I think he's shown as much. Harrison Ford, on the other hand, doesn't give a fuck. He does not care. Does not care. You know, Billy D. Williams, obviously, happy to play him again in Rise of Skywalker, or to play Lando in Rise of Skywalker, didn't give much of a shit about Donald Glover playing him in Solo. I don't know how Harrison Ford felt about Alden Emmerich playing him in Solo, but I mean, again, Harrison Ford just doesn't seem to give a fuck about the Han has, Solo character, right? Or I think even he maybe has more investment Star Wars. in the indie 
character than he does in Han Solo. You know, honestly, I, 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 I have a hard time Me reading too. Harrison Ford <laughs> at all. Like I, there's there's parts of me that wonders if he even enjoys acting. But he, I mean, he's in so many movies and he's played so many great characters. And whenever people want to talk to him about him, it just it doesn't seem like he. It seems like when he's done playing that role, he's just done playing the role, and like he he takes it off like a shirt that doesn't fit him anymore, and he's just it's right. done. I'm done with it. I I'm not sure. I don't know. Indy, I think he is invested in still because I think he knows how Crystal Skull set with everybody and i think he wants this last crack at it in indy 5 to like okay i want this to be the note that i go out on i don't want it to i be, would uh, i skull. i can't disagree with that i mean i i i don't want that to be how he goes out and i don't want it to be i don't want to be yeah, Hans, no, neither how, do I. han solo how he goes out either I mean, honestly, the way the you know the the scene oh, of him that helping was never mind. ben was was a wonderful Ooh, was yeah, a wonderful was scene that I mean, Force Awakens his death. you know yeah no nobody 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 wanted to see that but that's how it went down but again that scene in Rise of Skywalker Absolutely. is one of the best scenes in in not only that movie but I mean that's a pretty powerful Star Wars scene and actually that, that scene is where I get my I'm drawing the uh, Harrison Ford doesn't give a fuck. And has said as much because he was asked at a convention or something if by by somebody. He goes, was, well, was Han Solo, was he a force ghost right then or was he a memory? And Harrison Ford, I this was trending on Twitter the other day, said something to the effect of is, I don't know what a force ghost is and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, and there's a whole lot of people that do. I mean, that it's like, what's uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Pepper Potts? I don't know which fucking movie it was that I was playing uh, what's her name in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she shows up and here's your here's right. your lines for the day. Here's you know, go to make go to makeup, go to a costume and whatever and you know, when you're ready we'll shoot it and when you're done she'll you'll walk but away. Hey, you, you know, know it's a, it's a job. They're doing their lines, they're doing a good job. It, it doesn't matter what movie it was as long as they get their work done. Well, you know, and I mean, they were. Pro- she was probably filming Absolutely. multiple things at the same time, you know, for, especially for Marvel. You know, they probably, I would imagine, to save time, brought them in for like, oh, hey, you're gonna you're gonna shoot your Infinity War and your Endgame stuff, right? And they're together. not, you know, huge, maybe but I don't. It's know. like even for her and the Marvel stuff, they're not huge huge bits. She doesn't have a whole lot of meat. Um, Iron Man three. No, Iron yeah, Iron Man three, yeah, she was pretty right, meaty. And that, that was it. That and was it. So, other than that, her experience with it is get in, get out, get your lines done, and you know, sell them. And it, it worked for me. Yeah, yeah, she's she's uh, she's a professional. Yeah, so, no, absolutely, she's a professional. Also, I listened to an interview with her hmm. on the Rob Lowe podcast, and you know, she's 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 and she's an interesting character, but. Um, you know, hearing her talk to Rob as a friend because they are friends and have been for a long time was kind of, it was a different side of her that, that softened my view on her to an extent. Um, yeah, she, she's an, she's a bit of an odd duck, even among odd ducks in Hollywood, but 
you know, she's also once you get past all that, she's she's a very normal can person only in a lot of ways. That. You know, and is in yeah, and I can appreciate a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that she she was saying. And she's she's a great actress, obviously. Um, and she's very talented. She's a great singer too. Um, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw duets. I think is what it's called with uh, Huey Lewis and a bunch of other actors. And it's basically they pair two people up, and they have like four four pairs of two people, five pairs of two people, and it's a it's a movie about karaoke, basically. Are you peeing on Mike? Oh, he muted himself off. Well, I just outed you to the audience that you're taking a piss. Keep keep talking. I got to pee. Okay, well, he's currently pissing and I can hear it. So, I mean, that's awesome. Um, if you got up in the middle of the show to go and take a piss, I can believe how bad you had to pee. Well, you remember, you remember what I told you before we hit record on everything? That, like, if we did our typical shit, we were going to hit one in the morning my time. And I'm looking at the clock on my microwave 20 feet from me. And it says 1231. And you were like, oh, we don't have that much to talk about. Well, as it turns out, we, as it turns out, we're, we're chatty motherfuckers. Okay. I, very chatty. <laughs> and, dude, leave that shit in. You dude, leave that, that shit in. in. That's fucking hysterical. All right. I don't we'll care, see. dude. It's up to you. You you decide. You listen to it, and then you right. tell me if you think it works or not. And if it doesn't work, if nobody cut wants it, to, it, it's like nobody's this. gonna hear anything. You know, you guys didn't hear shit. He only only Buddy had to hear that shit. But oh my god, that was a, like a pot of coffee. Well, I mean, so it's nice of you. It's nice of you to assume because my my phone goes on do not disturb mode at 11 p.m. So oh, I did not okay. get a text notification. The text is the, there. The beep. I just didn't get the the notification that it came through, and then I went and looked, and it said, "Keep talking." I gotta pee. And I'm like, well, right? You I, did. I, I you did. did. And then it's like, well, why aren't <laughs> you really you answering? Am I hearing you pee? And I'm like, going, oh, I've been outed. I've, he knows. Yeah, no. The answer is though. But yeah, the yeah. duet. It, no, no. She, great, great voice from Gwyneth Paltrow is the answer to your. <laughs> yeah, she's she sings a a wonderful song with Huey Lewis. They do uh they do a cover right. of a Smokey Robinson song, um, <laughs> and it's great. It's wonderful. But anyways, so, moving um, away, moving away, um, moving away from her. Anyways, my opinion is get rid of the sequel trilogy. Make the stories that the that the fandom wants to see, and uh, and call it a day. I, I can't agree with that more. I mean, really, truly, count the money and call it a right. day. Right, and I'm I'm my I feel my. My position on the whole retcon toss, toss it, you know, but, but start, I don't know, even if you don't feel like tossing it right away, at least give, give a little bit with the show and everything, a bit of momentum to build on the Luke and what's going to happen and where you're going to go. And then get to the point where everybody's like, well, how are they going to explain this meeting up with the sequel trilogy and be like, eh, it doesn't. That's Legends now. It's, you know, MacGuffin. And I mean, I, I really am starting, I'm starting to think based on how many people I'm seeing call for that. I think it might, there's a decent chance it could go that route. Because frankly, let's just be honest. 
they've made their money off of those. I can't movies. see that they're going to make a whole lot more other than I mean, other than people wanting to hate on them. But those movies are sitting on Disney Plus. You know, the people who are going to buy digital or physical copies have already bought them. Uh, the The movie is not going to be in theaters. They're not going to do a George Lucas director's cut in 10 years of any of that shit. Um, they're just not. They're not going to do anything else with them to, to, to make any significant amount of money. So what would make them a significant amount of money is the continuing adventures of Luke Skywalker. But the only way people are going to accept them, because even, dude, you, you had to have seen some of the same reactions I saw where people were like, oh, no, Grogu is going with Luke. That means Kylo is going to kill him. Right. Like, How dumb. That that led to The Last Jedi. That scene of Luke taking Grogu off for training, people jumped and to The Last Jedi. How could and you what do we that? Saw because and Luke learned. is not even close to the same person in the, the Force Awakens and what you see in Last Jedi as he is in, in what we saw with the season finale of The Mandalorian. To make that jump. Well, because it's not a jump, though. If he's taking Grogu off to train him and Luke is forming an academy, you know, in 15, 20 years or whatever, Ben's going to destroy that academy and wipe everybody out. And so, it, I mean, given that Grogu didn't show up to help fight against the First Order, people, I think, are logically connecting dots and saying, oh, well, Grogu's dead. You know, Ahsoka's dead. They're all dead. They're all dead. Uh... Do you remember that I, I sent you an article that that was basically arguing that that this sets Luke up for his overall seclusion and everything that he's now going to go after failing everything. He's going to go to his island and it showed like the, the season finale showed his arrogance and and everything that the Jedi teachings where they went wrong and yeah, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. that yeah that you article. That I was article. like, that's just I did not to even get close to that from what I saw. My feeling was, yeah, you know what? Uh, hold on, real quick yeah. though, before you go on, I saw another article. I didn't even bother sending it to you because it's not it's not worth the fake internet paper that it's typed <laughs> on. That said, the Mandalorian season two ends with the worst episode ever and a mindless massacre. What? What? Yes, exactly. What? Yes. Yeah, no, their their contention was that Luke Skywalker showed up and just murdered a bunch of people. Not robots, of course. Wow. Obviously, they Not robots, the just a bunch of show. people. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, re they really paid attention at whatever loser website online quote-unquote journalism opinion piece yeah no fuck off yeah seriously you are. Uh, my um, i guess what it where it comes down that i keep i guess i can't get by is grogu was already at the jedi academy um and he's obviously learned a degree of force training so with that being said and then he has all the additional years how old was i mean from what I can tell, Yoda and Yaddle were both within their first hundred years uh, when they became masters. Uh, so I don't know when we're going to see this huge, I guess you could say, growth 
push in growth Ragu, i think is the only way to put to, it to, yeah. to where he becomes older i don't know how much smaller say than yoda he's like he seems to be like half yoda's size right or would you say he's not i mean maybe even smaller maybe okay. even smaller I, and that's that's what i don't know is exactly but i we don't know any of this what the species is we don't know how they grow where they come from what they are um they're yeah, maybe they have a massive growth spurt when they turn 70 or 60 or whatever. And then maybe they grow to full maturity at that point. I mean, humans do. A human at 10 is completely different than a human at 20. So. Right, and that's that's absolutely right. And so I, what I don't know is in the, what, we the, the 20 years from where we're at with the mandalorian right now 21 years it's like 30 years till the force awakens i want to say um uh it's at this point it would be 25 ish because force awakens is like 30 directly from return i'm just i guess i'm kind of feeling like we that maybe grogu does but i almost kind of feel like at that point in time depending on how much growth grogu goes through he may be out as a knight or any number of things. I, I, I don't, I can't understand or can't begin to fathom. And it, the only point, the only thing that I took away from that story that seemed anywhere somewhat logical is there may be a connection again from Luke and how he feels about a destroying the books and certain aspects of how he's acting that aren't so much in line with Luke hermiting because he doesn't believe in the Force as much as Luke keeping Grogu safe by trying to pretend or, you know, distance himself from it all. So that was like the the only thing I give to that is if you wanted to go into it and really try and explain why Luke was pretending to be so against um, the Jedi and what the Jedi stood for and all those things. If if Grogu was as strong as Grogu could be and the the kind of comparisons with Yoda, if Luke's whole thing was just an act to keep him safe. And... It would explain it, but I, I think <sighs> that even that pushes it, which is where I get back to toss it. The only reason I wouldn't toss it is Carrie Fisher. Yeah, be, well, we yeah okay, that, but though. so we did talk about it, but then the question goes unanswered. Where is Grogu during the sequel trilogy? Where is he? He would be, he would be close to 100 years old by that point. Where is he in this fight against the First Order? And it's a question you can't answer. And it's also like, well, where's where, Ahsoka? you know, where is, where's Ahsoka? When we hear, we hear Ashley Eckstein's voice as Ahsoka. So people are like, oh, well, she's dead. And then they came out and said, well, you she know, might not be. Where's Ezra Bridger? And then Filoni, and then Filoni was like, well, you know, just because you hear a voice doesn't mean that is a mm-hmm. dead voice. Um, you know, it's, um. You know why? Why didn't we hear Grogu's voice? Right. <laughs> I mean, we heard Yoda. 
We heard Mace Windu. We heard Qui-Gon. I mean, we heard Ayla Sakura, which nobody, her name was never even said in any of the movies, just in the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, yeah, it just, it's, it, it leaves too many questions that the movies can't answer floating up in the air. And unless Disney is in the business of investing a lot of time and money into creating characters that they could build the future of Star Wars on, only to be like, oh yeah, 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 they were they were all slaughtered in the temple. Yeah, baby Yoda was it cut in half. It needs to be the next generation it's, it's, of Luke you know, Skywalker. It is what it the, is. Really, the and I don't mean next generation like it needs to be blood related, but like I, the next generation of students that Luke teaches. And I, I feel like he has a unique perspective, uh, especially with the whole son of Anakin slash Darth Vader. Uh, yeah. So I'd yeah. be curious to yeah. see the Jedi he kicks out. And I, I feel like that's what that is what I feel like Luke Skywalker has always been due is regardless of how his order turns out, he was to be kind of the birth of that new order and to have it just completely destroyed yes. and killed by one yes. of his students in the first fall that you know the first students fall it's like i don't know it just it it felt too cliche and not uh, not the story yeah luke luke is supposed to be the cornerstone of the new jedi order that is his whole thing is he is supposed to be the one that brings he's the movie was called return of the Jedi. It's supposed to say the Jedi are back in the galaxy to make things right. And then, Oh, but yeah, 20 years later, there are going to, they're going to be, they're going to be wiped out again. And just FYI, the one just person so you know. he had Heads really up. taught at that point in time, decided to turn it down. And I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a sequel trilogy has to go. I, you know, I've been on uh, that if other any, side. If any of this, if any of this redemption stuff that they're they're saying we're gonna give, we're gonna redeem Luke Skywalker. If any of that is to have any actual meaning, they have to toss the sequel trilogy. You it's, always it do has this to, to me. You know that. Like I was, what? I was at What's least that? on the side to say, well, if they can retcon it or if they can use the story to explain it well enough. And as I as I go on. And try and make the you know the the crosswalks to from from how the story could work to what they gave us to make it palatable. There isn't any leaps I can come to that would make me fully one hundred percent accepted in a way that made me happy and excited about what we have, and even what they could do with it to get to what we have. I it's like I'm I'm. I'm sold on the toss it. I you've done it to me again. Yeah. I mean I just it I think it's cheaper, frankly, on the financial side for them to just toss it instead of saying, "Well, okay, well we have to take what we have and cut it and trim it and and change it to to fit this new story that we're trying to tell." It's just it's just easier to yeah. let it go. It's just easier to let it go because, hey, let's just quote Kylo Ren, you know, get rid of the past, kill it if you have to. Okay, well, guess what? The sequel trilogy kill is now it. in the past. If we have to. So let's kill it. So let's kill it because we have to. We have Don't to. Don't even we make it to. part of Legends. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, – be... No, 
I mean, well, they have to. They have to. It'll get tossed into Legends, and that's fine. It's worthy. It can. It's worthy. There's some great things in those movies that You're, are worthy of. See, I'm of now remaining. on that. Like, I'm. But I've gone total dark side on it. I'm like, I don't even want it in Legends anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. No, Sorry, well, Poe I mean, yeah, and Finn and everybody else that is there. You've you've definitely yeah I've you gone passed, that far. You, you, you went deep. You Dude, went deep. I did. I did, and I'm not side. coming back because I, I I can't tell you that I don't feel good being here. Yeah, well, I mean, what you know? Ultimately, they're going. I think they're going to do something at the at a minimum. They will retcon in it, but I think I think they're going to decide that hey, look look at this reaction from a three minute scene. On our flagship for Disney Plus, I I also feel like Snyder. Well, imagine what we could do with, imagine what we could do with 120 right. minutes. It's, and the Snyder cut is really going to, I feel like, in in Disney's mind, cement if they can get away with doing that. Well, yeah, and I mean, they're so they're watching Warner Brothers. Disney is with a great eye, and if the if the Justice League Snyder cut goes over well. And it does well, and it and it brings subscribers to HBO Max. Yeah, I think, and because we know they already tossed out the mm. the Joss Whedon cut. Yep, it's it's gone. no longer canon. It's out of that universe's canon. So, I mean, we we just saw them take a major motion picture that they put hundreds of millions of dollars into, and you know, made like eight hundred million on or whatever. We saw them say like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, we don't like how that fit with our story, and I and I commend them for that because that is a that is a move that the old WB and and everybody that they wouldn't have taken that route. But do you think that's because yeah. they saw it? But I mean, saw they, how Marvel and how it's all working for them, even on the ones that aren't so good, and we're like, no, we completely went the wrong direction. We need to pull back and do this again. Yeah, do it right. Yeah, no, and I I think there's a lot of a lot of the fandom to thank for that for being so vocal in the want and desire to see the Snyder cut cuz unfortunately, you know, Zack had to stop working on the movie because his his daughter uh, committed suicide. It was a horrible tragedy, obviously. Um so but him and Deborah had to step away and Joss came in to, you know, do what he did. And like I said, I enjoyed the movie. I saw it in the theater the night it premiered. My wife and I went and we both walked out happy. It was like they made a good – it's a good movie. It's very watchable. It was fun. Um, but it wasn't Snyder's vision. And that's what we're getting to see now. And apparently Warner Brothers has seen enough of Snyder's vision to say like, okay, we like this vision better. It's going to conflict with Joss's. We need to pick one. We're going mm-hmm. with Zach's. Um Plus, you know, there have been some uh, there's been some negative stuff coming out about Joss in the past year over his uh, behavior while making that movie. And I think that might have had Uh, something to do with it. Entirely possible Um, in today's age. And it's entirely possible. Um, Ray Fisher, the guy that played Cyborg and Jason Momoa, they both. Uh, they both had some not flattering things to say about it, and there was a big investigation. Whole nine yards. I'm not going to pretend to know details because, like I said, I'm a nobody in a small town in Pennsylvania talking. The to only a thing that I remember, um, just repeating the only thing what I've I read. Really reading was uh, that um, Cyborg was not going to be back for subsequent films because of the treatment he endured on the la- on that last film. And I thought, whoa, 
that's dude because he he did a really good job taking a character that is not easy to play and i really really liked his take on cyborg he did a good job um you know, it wasn't like the Teen Titans Go version of Cyborg, I think, is the one most people are probably the most familiar with. And, yeah, he did. A, he, I really liked that character. And, yeah. I really, really liked him. He played him really, like, low and, like, hey, I'm mad at how shit happened. And I'm, like, the result of some twisted, fucked up thing. And, you know, I'm not pleased about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And, you know, with a push from Diana... He, you know, he started to come to grips with it and then, you know, patched things up with his dad and decided that, yeah, hey, I can either wallow or I can use Mm -hmm. these gifts. And, yeah, I really liked the Ray Fisher and I would be really upset if he didn't get to continue. Agreed. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. Um, But anyway, long, long story short, toss the sequel trilogy. Give us give us what we want. (laughs) Um, I think so. So, um, do we want to do we want to chat about the Mandalorian yeah, gallery? Yeah, real quick. I mean, there. I mean, I I watched it, and I I will watch if they do more than just this one episode. Um, it did say on Disney Plus. It says it's season two. So hopefully, there's more if than just like the one. If it's like they did last time, it's um, one week, and yeah. Yeah, but this one. I mean, this one was about the making of season two. Um, I mean, not a whole lot of details really thrown out here and there. They would, they would kind of sink in and give you some more, some more meteor stuff. Like I really enjoyed um, the the segment covering the the return of Boba Fett and, and the Tamura Morrison right. interview, and about how he incorporated elements of his culture of the of the Maori culture uh, into the role and the haka dance and how. You know, he pushed for, hey, I want my own my own gaffy stick that is similar kind of to a to a Maori weapon and how he chose to use it. And yeah, and yeah, dude, no, that was I really enjoyed that, you know, and I enjoyed hearing from all the directors. I enjoyed hearing from Carl Weathers. He was he was wonderful to hear. And, you know, like Gina Carino talked about Carl being the director and just how much she loves him and. You know, and it was just, it was it was a love fest from the people who made something that we all really mm-hmm. really love. Um, you know, but not a deep dive. It was just it was a yeah. surface look. Um, I thought it was interesting. Did you catch the part where they talked about how big the volume oh, is now? Uh, boy, yeah, it was like a hundred and twenty-five yeah. feet or something like that, and twenty twenty something feet tall. Like they completely, really made it yeah, huge. Completely like they made it much bigger. <laughs> the size, and you can tell though. We were talking about the the how it looks like the um the special effects and everything. It was getting like that motion picture kind of uh, treatment, and this I feel like was part of the reason for it was was the size of the room and the what they the how they've improved it yeah overall yeah but and i mean they spent they they spent um you know they they deep dove on certain episodes and then just kind of kind of were on the surface of others 
like episode one and two, they were really just mostly yeah. on the surface of, um, you know, episode three, they, they deep dove a little bit on the, on the Bo-Katan stuff. Um, they deep dove obviously on, um, on mm-hmm. Ahsoka. Uh, they spent a lot of time and it, they, I mean, like they showed Rosario training and they talked about like even b- building the lightsabers, like how they wanted them to be, um, and then, of course, they, they lingered on Boba Fett. I was a little shocked. Nothing about no, Luke. No, right? Uh, it's really... I was expecting there to be a Mark Hamill interview in that. So I'm hopeful that's that, why I, there's I, going I, to be more. I, that, why, I, um, I'm, I really think there should be. I, I feel like this was an overall recap of the entire season. And now they're going to deep dive into... Like they did, you remember last season, I, you kind of got the gallery, uh, or the, I mean, you kind of first got uh, an overall idea, and then they went into, I don't want to say it was each episode. It wasn't. No, each episode was mm-hmm. themed. Like, there was a theme in each episode of the galleries yeah, that like, they kind of followed. Um, where this was like a broad view of like, hey, hey like... We had to do this for this episode and we had to do that for this episode. And, you know, these were some of the challenges and, you know, and like, oh, hey, we were influenced with the Ahsoka episode by the by the Kurosawa samurai films. And, you know, like, oh, hey, we had to find the perfect lighting. And, oh, for the first time, we had to go to a location to film because we needed and the, the, the volume wasn't big enough. And we needed, like you we, had the actors round table and then you had a director's round table and most of the time in uh, in the shows i mean every now and then they crossed but overall they primarily kept like well this is the was the director's take on all these things and then they went to the actor's take on all of the different specifically kind of scenes and show episodes they were in and then they did the one the show on the the kind of studio and the techniques they were using and they did a show where you got a lot of uh, Filoni and Fav's takes on and the favorite moments. So they really kind of split it up into all those different things. So I kind I'm hopeful we get that that same kind of format. Yeah, I would like to I would like to see uh like it wouldn't surprise me if they did an episode where it was like all the reveals so like if they had like Tamura and Bo-Katan and Rosario and Mark Hamill all show up for a round table talking about the right, reveals like they did of last their characters. Season. Wasn't that I the think, last episode I think that would be last cool. season where they kind of did uh, they ran through all the different like how they used the five oh the five oh first and uh, the e web cannon and all those little little tidbits of information. The the little Easter yeah. eggs that they yeah. about and then, like uh, mm-hmm. did uh did you uh, did you catch the part where it was um, Peyton Reed talking about the the last episode where the prop master was getting pissed at them because Giancarlo was breaking so many dark Oh no, props? I didn't. I the one of I, the kids were oh, that crazy was at that time and had everything. So I I I probably I, it was probably playing in my ear and I was half listening. Yeah, oh. they they touched on that. They're like, yeah. They're like, the prop master was prepared. We had quite a few of them, but he was getting pissed because he was breaking so many of them. Because they're like, they're like, so Gideon isn't a skilled swordsman, but he's got a very dangerous weapon. 
and he's got a ferocity and an anger and he said and that's what he was he was using and he goes and it showed because he broke quite a few of those props <laughs> and the prop master was uh, mad all we can say is uh with the john esposito thing is it was exactly what we were talking about about how he sold the character you believed so much i even fell for his freaking line about grogu i fell for it and i was just watching the damn show so yeah I, yeah Right. Yeah, he's a special actor. Giancarlo is a very special actor. Um, I really, I, I mean, they didn't, they didn't linger on it very much, but they showed, um, they, they showed a, a glimpse of uh, George Lucas talking to Rosario Dawson, and they had a laugh. I thought mm-hmm. that was nice. Um, even though Rosario isn't his creation, that's she's Filoni's creation, or Ahsoka isn't. George Lucas's creation. Uh, Filoni created that character. Um, but I think under Lucas's direction. I want to say the that Clone there was Wars, a huge amount of Lucas, um, or at least if not direction, influence. I want to say that Lucas always wanted um, Anakin to have a Padawan and that Filoni honored that kind of vision that Lucas had and had explained to him. And I, if I if if I remember the story correctly, because I want to say he was talking about it. Was it in a gallery last year? Anyway, I uh, did. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, if if you want to like, if you want to do generationally, the character of Ahsoka is like George Lucas's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's his. Filoni. Filoni was one of Lucas's prized people, and Filoni came up with it. Lucas came up with all of it before him. So you yeah. know, like Ahsoka's like his granddaughter, and Baby Yoda the same the same way. You know, we got a glimpse of him holding the Baby Yoda puppet, and I think someone said, "Oh, that's your great 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 grandchild," or something to that effect, and everybody <laughs> laughed. Um, and then, like, there was a scene with Robert Rodriguez playing guitar, and the puppeteers were making Baby Yoda kind of bop and dance to him playing the guitar. I thought that was kind of <laughs> kind of fun but you know it's i like hearing from all the cat except for Giancarlo, no, we didn't hear from no. Giancarlo at all we heard we heard from bill burr even like and we heard from from gina and carl Where did and I pedro see and, an, and i just Katie. recently saw an interview or something with john carlo um and he was talking about about the the star wars and well minus the what you guys can find about the fun little meme on our uh, Facebook page, but I want to say I watched. <laughs> oh, that quote about uh, that quote yep, about that the conversation one. with his daughters. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, go to our go to our Broom Boy or our House is of it, MTV. Is it Broom Boys House or MTVG? MTVG? House of MTVG, or yes. you can search the Broom on Boys Facebook, on Twitter on Facebook. I believe that will bring us up to, um, or Twitter is. Uh, at what broom boys underscore or broom underscore boys mm-hmm. or just yep. look for the house of that mtvg too, and it'll yeah. it'll come up it'll come up yeah and give give us We'd a love follow. to see it give us a follow you'll you'll be the first you'll be the first to know about new episodes and you know and we we like to share fun little stories whenever and right they, now they i come can say you know desk, but... if you haven't figured it out any of our listeners can tell you that we are yeah we're we're first and foremost you know we're at the front of most people um when it comes to uh our our what would you say predictions i mean we we have been able to 
you know, maybe read the signs or read the tea leaves or whatever. Like we, we have been able to kind of see what's coming based on some of the hints we're getting. So, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go so far as to say we're like Nostradamus (laughs) making predictions, but we, we have made, we've made some calls. We made some calls early on that have turned out to be correct. Um, you know, I mean, this is obviously we're we're two massive, massive fans. Follow the signs and breadcrumbs, um, and you can figure a whole lot out. But y- you can you can see a lot coming. Yeah, but work. I mean, we've we've <laughs> made predictions and stuck by them. Yeah. Oh, dude, did you see? Um, they interviewed uh, Michael Michael Bean's character, um, or they interviewed Michael Bean. And oh, they gave no, his character they did? a name. I didn't notice that. I I think it was Kang or something to that effect. It was it only like it popped up briefly. I'm like, whoa, whoa, he has a name because they never. I don't remember the them saying it in the show, but yeah, they gave him a name. Yeah, they gave him a name in the in the in the gallery. The name oh, of uh, the mercenary. I'm gonna he have was to playing. definitely check that out. But no, that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again because I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, and it kind of it doesn't scratch the itch in the way a, an actual episode does. But I like seeing that stuff. And, you know, like I like them talking about, oh, hey, you know, like we really they have they I mean, they literally have lightsabers with physical with physical rods on them that light up. So they said that, you know, they can that way use the light from the lightsabers, you know, in a in a dramatic and thematic way. And I mean, they just just all the little things that go into the that go into the making of this magic. It's just it's fun Absolutely. to watch. And I mean, I'm never going to be a filmmaker maker, but I I do like seeing it. Um <laughs> did you catch the did you catch like the code name for the Mandalorian no. production? Huckleberry. Oh. Huckleberry. <laughs> they they call it Huckleberry. Like that's the code well, name they for the production. Mark is Huckleberry. Uh, his cameo at the end of the season they kept that secret for a year a year oh yeah even mark hamill did an interview and he was like i'm shocked that that didn't leak out he goes i'm blown away that it we tells you just how surprise. committed this the crew and staff that's working on it is how committed they are to keeping this an experience that is I don't know, uh, untainted in some ways. They, they, there, there's a commitment there to keeping everything spoiler free as they can and the surprises. But that's been there with Star Wars. That that since Luke, I'm your father. That that gotcha moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, as 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 much as much news as we got in advance of the second season and how much able we like we we knew about Bo-Katan we knew about Rosario playing Ahsoka we knew a lot of things I mean they must have they must have had my only guess is they compartmentalized that part of it like right heavily like okay we're gonna have a bare minimum like we're gonna we're gonna pick just a couple crew members to to like the guys to run the camera and one or two other people Plus the actors, obviously, and then like whoever's doing the VFX, I guess. And they probably had, had to sign a contract, confidentiality agreement. They probably had to sign there, like right? huge NDAs. 
Oh, I'm sure they already had them, but yeah, they probably made them seriously. sign additional things. Probably so like, hey, if this leaks out, we ha we have a very small contingent of possibilities and we'll be able to mm -hmm. narrow it down in a hurry. And I um yeah, they they had to have taken some severe steps to keep that a secret, but it needed to be kept a secret cuz if you knew that reveal was coming, it wouldn't have hit as hard. But I can still like I could go right now and turn it on and still feel emotionally the same way I did. Absolutely. The first time I saw it. Like I have a hard time even talking about it. Like that's how much it means to me. It makes me get emotional that It's your that it's they, the look we they, wanted. <laughs> they care they cared enough to give us the Luke we wanted. Favreau and Filoni, that's like it's that scene yeah. is like a love letter. Yeah. To Star Wars. Like, hey, hey, guys, we know. Like, we know. They're not saying it, but you know, they're it, like, it we really, know. It really we was. Know. Check this out. It Check was out. it was beautiful. And that moment was it was it was huge. So I uh I can't I can't you know, be happy enough. I honestly think that a part of that was part of some of the part of the reason we got Jamie Lee Curtis announced. And we, the, the, um, when, uh, Ewan McGregor visited the set, Oh, the Obi-Wan stuff was out. I feel like they used those specific things, not just to mislead us, but also misdirect the cast about even what was kind of going on. Yeah, you know, um, the Jamie Lee Curtis thing actually has me genuinely confused because, I mean, they they, they announced her as right. being in the show. And like, as a con like, side by side with the Michael Bean announcement, they had her as a confirmed she's right. been cast in Mando season two. And was that just two. smoke and mirrors? So we, cut, we all kept watching for Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis and we we literally weren't asking who else was going to be in the show because they didn't even tell us uh, uh, Ming-Na Wen was going to be back. Right? Or Bill Burr. They, in fact, it. Bill Burr yeah. flat out denied it. Like, like a month before his episode premiered, he straight up said, oh, no, 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 I'm not. Which was I'm actually not, one of the reasons, you remember, it. that was one of the reasons why we said maybe Luke might be something we see because, you know, he flat out lied about it, so we'll, <laughs> who knows what we're going to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, like Katie Sackhoff mm -hmm. said, oh, no, I'm one and done for the season. Yeah, just that one episode. Like, yeah, none of the – there there was a lot of misdirection and hidden stuff that never made it to yeah. light yeah. in the public. Um, and I'm glad. And I'm glad. I'm legitimately glad. Uh, I mean, it's it's – it's the the rare moments in any sort of visual medium, um, you know the the moments that are meant to hit with emotional weight. A lot of the times, do you remember when you were miss. a kid watching like it's, whether it was Star Trek: The Next Generation, you were going to a movie or whatever, and the thing about it was, I like I was constant constantly surprised by shows and watching them and the stories and narratives spoilers weren't a huge you'd see the tabloids but that was the only way to spread them was the tabloids yeah somebody had to spend ink and paper and so week and, by week you know, we and, were surprised and, and type it out yeah yeah like i mean you mentioned star trek the next generation like 
there was a big buildup to the Borg oh, wow. back in the yeah. day. The Borg invading the Federation. They're coming. And then, you know, we had this we had this two-parter where it was this there was a season finale and then the next season was going to conclude the story. And like they captured Captain Picard right. and turned him into a Borg. And the lit- and the and the Enterprise had been building this super weapon that was going to be able to stop the Borg cube. Oh, man. And you know, because they assimilated Picard, he was able to tell them about it, and they were prepared. And but the last thing you saw for that season was Riker, uh, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Commander Riker, telling um, telling them to fire that weapon. And then we had to wait months mm-hmm. to get the next episode. And then we found out, oh, Picard told, or, you know, because of the cutest thing, you know, they were able to defend against it and whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, cliffhangers used to and be the rule. And people would keep that shit secret, of, dude. Of a lot oh, of man. things. Oh, yeah. You never, you never heard leaks or whatever you know but it was just yeah, pre-internet now spoilers are, are out and you know they're just it's like everything gets a spoiler anymore because it can be done anonymously people's careers aren't going to be ruined and because they're letting sucks. secrets slip um yeah now i mean but man i this is these moments these moments of genuine awesomeness and surprise are so rare to begin with and then it's even more rare that they don't get spoiled so, in one way or another dude um like i can't imagine like mm-hmm. dude like avengers endgame the the part where everybody comes back like if i had known what that was going to be before i saw it for the first time i don't know that it would have it would have hit me the same way, but I mean, I remember I'm sitting there. My wife, my wife wasn't able to go with me to the theater. We had two <laughs> tickets, but you know, she wasn't able to to come with me. I'm sitting there in the theater with a stranger to my left and a stranger to my right. When that stuff starts going down, when I hear Falcon say "on your left" and that first portal shows up, and then Pan- Black Panther and Shiri and uh, Okoye walk out, and then um, you know they he locks eyes with Cap and gives him a nod, like, "Hey, man, you did it! Mm-hmm. Awesome! We're here! We're here for you!" And then Falcon comes out, and then all those portals start opening. Dude, that was that was one of the greatest moments I have ever had, if not maybe even the greatest moment I've ever had in a movie theater. And move and moments like that are so rare in any medium, in any form of media. And so this Luke Skywalker yeah. thing was on par with that, absolutely on par with that. And. You know, I mean, it was a it was a throwaway line, or it kind of felt like a throwaway line in that episode. When you see that X wing come flying by, and you know they're like an X wing, and Gina Carano's like, "Oh, right. one X wing, we're saved." You know, I don't think I do. There's a part of me that wants to say that she wasn't just talking about their characters. I think she was talking uh, about know, all of Star I, Wars. We said the exact same thing when we <laughs> when we talked about this episode. I think that one that one three minute scene was a salvation for the future of Star Wars. I mean, for the entire universe, that was that right there. That that's that offered a huge amount of ability for. Uh, Lucasfilms to completely save the franchise in a way that was redeemable to and palatable to everybody. 
I mean, I call yeah. it the real rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's in, it really truly is. Um, yeah. Uh, int- I mean, Jesus, people, we care about this shit to, a lot. To really we? quick note <laughs> before all we also forget is, uh, and speaking of all this, to make sure that everybody has all conflu- confusion cleared up. Um, and it's kind of what we were talking about. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Because I, I, I had talk. posited, obviously, earlier the, the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba, the, all those kind of things that they all f- kind of were an anthology. What if? And we had tentatively decided probably not going to be the case because they, they weren't going to do a huge placard for a show that was already running. Season three was already announced in this for December, but everybody, because the book of Boba was coming the same time, they were like, Oh, they're the same show. No, no. It's like, it's like buddy said, Boba straight up said he's not a Mandalorian. So unless we watch the book of Boba, him coming to grips and accept his past, um, I, they're not the same. He's not going to have anything to do with the Mandalorians from here on out, other than that's where his armor and everything, that's his history. Um, and that's what Disney confirmed that Pablo Pascal confirmed that who it's like, we got so many confirmations. I mean, all, all of the above. Yeah. All of the above came out it was very quick because there was a lot of big names in media saying oh well mando season three is going to be the book of boba fett and no, disney very quickly shows. was like no homies no 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 Exciting. different show sorry for the confusion we need to clear this up different shows now but then shortly after that we got word that mando season mm-hmm. three is being delayed because feloni yes. is working on the ahsoka show the ahsoka show and Fair Ahsoka enough. being cool. so much of his baby, uh, but then uh, that you can't see why he wouldn't be doing that, yes, right? Yes, there was no way, there was no way Fuck he that. was going <laughs> to hand that off to anybody else. I don't think Favreau would let him. I don't think anybody would let him hand that off, even if he wanted to, which I doubt he does. Um, but then today, word broke that they expect Mando season three to hit shortly after book of boba fett so they might it might be hey episode whatever final episode of boba fett next week is mando season three so i mean that means we are more than a year out from it unfortunately but i mean as we've said many many times do you think there's a lot happening between now and then so you know what i mean by that with the crossovers uh, you mean like how big big crossovers Yeah, no, they said they were. They said they were. They were going to have big, big, uh, big. Okay, uh, I, I, I hadn't episodes. seen that yet. So it's sweet, sweet. That that's exciting. That's good news. That, that's really. But it's also it's like how could you you could I I was with you with saying how can you finish the series and go to Bubba when you have so many unanswered questions with, um, with Din Djarin's, He's now technically. The Mandalore. I mean, he's the uh, maybe not the Mandalore, but he's the leader of the Mandalorians, or claim. Well, he's got a he's got a he's got no. Well, so he, has have a, to wrap he has that a claim. Up. He has a claim. He has the strong. He has the strongest claim. But I mean, out of all the quote problems that they have, like that one's the easiest to sort out. It's like, hey, Bo-Katan. Here's a spear. We're going to have a fight. 
and it's not to the death because all she has to do is beat. That's him. saying she's going to beat him. Though I, I think that's 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 the component I think I'm hoping the most for is I really hopefully I. And I don't know where you are at, but I really hope they go with the route of making him the Mandalore, but through his trying not to be. Like, it's not that he <clears throat> doesn't want to lose to Bo-Katan and give it up. It's the catches he doesn't because he's he's a better fighter and he's a better, although, tactician than Bo-Katan, and he legitimately wins even though he doesn't want to. And I would like to see that, the unwilling progression, befall him. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bastard. <laughs> I, want, I want to see him go into a role he doesn't want to well, and okay, eventually but... come around to accepting it because he is the best. Well, yeah, but it would, it would, it would, it would be, it would be, I've well, decided that he's I've the spoken. best. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, it would be a complete 180 from the character we know. That this is the lone gunslinger roaming the galaxy. And now he's going to become the leader of a planet because he accidentally... Because he won a fight that he had no choice but to mm-hmm. win. Like... Yeah. The, the unwilling I, I savior kind of thing. I don't know. Because... Yeah. I mean, maybe. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But I think eventually that the dark saber finds its way into into Bo Katan's hands, and you know she takes her rightful place because I mean frankly, just like with Luke, I think that's what people want from Bo Katan is people want her to they we want to see them take their home back and we want to see see I her was always kind of like okay and this is maybe this is me just not having as much investment in Bo Katan as as uh, maybe other people do. I'm fine seeing her resume her role as basically the uh, leader of the the uh, armed force, the guy, the general. Um, and where Sabine was, you had Sabine and you had Bo. Um, uh, not Sabine, but uh, uh, what was her sister's name? Satil. I, something like Satil? that. Satil? I don't know. Right? I, anyway, I can't remember to, off the top of my uh, head. Anyway, you you had them. You had both of them. And, and so, I mean, the, it, 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 I, I liked her in that number two general advisor kind of badass position. Um, I never felt like she was... Because that was originally what the character never wanted to be. She, that the The leader of the Mandalorians. She just... After her sister's murder, she assumed and decided that was her role. It, that's the way I, I I interpreted it, I guess. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's just... If we're going to stick Mando on a throne, that's the show. The uh, show's it, done. In some ways. well, The show's done. The show's done five, at that point. It's well, no, five it's, seasons, it's done. Yeah, but we're Dude, already two done. seasons. We're coming up on three, four, and five. Three unwilling acceptance for three. They're going to the take Mandalorian uh, forces, and then five, whatever dramatic conclusion you want it to be. Uh, well, I mean, the we've seen how well political intrigue plays out on the screen. 
I mean, it's but called I the I, Phantom I guess Menace I don't see and the, the trade dispute. As uh, a political leader, as much as I see the Mandalore as uh, I hate to say a, a mil- militarist militaristic leader, but well, he's both, but he's still the figurehead, or he but or they, she is the figurehead of their always... people. And yeah, but their places with their people, but leading, but in their the front, places with their leading people by action. They're not, but what are, but, but what are they at, at the point that they reclaim their planet? There is no other threat to come and take it. At what would he be leading against? Uh, that, that's what. I, well, that's but that's could be it. I mean, there's so much that I that I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I I don't know which way it would go, but I'm still like I said, I'm on the side. I want him. To, I want to see him become the Mandalore. <laughs> That's my. You disagree. You're on the I other mean, side. It's I don't. I just no. I just don't think it's right. going to happen. We'll see. I just we'll don't think see. it's going to happen. I I I think I think the dark saber mm-hmm. is going to find its way into the hands of Bo-Katan. I think Mando is going to be side by side. I think he's going to be one of her greatest warriors and helping them reclaim their home because he completed his mission with Grogu. He's he's done with that. But now he can help cuz he said he told her he said if I get this child with who he needs to be with, I will help you. I will join your cause. Your cause is worthy. So he's going to join her cause and he doesn't want the dark saber. And, you know, maybe it would be very interesting for him to become the Mandalore and, and rule the planet. But like I said, at that point, the moment he sits down on that throne as the Mandalore, the show is over. And to, I think to a degree, but that's, it's like what you're saying. Even if he came in and decided that she or Bo-Katan convinces him that it's his responsibility to take it. And then, by the end of the season, you see him ultimately lose it to somebody else in that combat, and it's like what you're talking about. You can progress that really quickly and easily, and said to 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 be a meaningful progression or transition, even if he doesn't become it um, by having him sit down on the throne, but just not making him keep it. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's the end all, but it, we are at a position where they're going to have to decide what they're going to do because as it is, he's well, I th- I'm pretty sure they already I'm pretty sure they already know what they're right. going to do, dude. <laughs> it's already pretty sure. It's pretty filming. sure this is pretty sure this is mapped. No, I'm pretty sure the whole show is mapped yeah. out. They might not know what they're going to do beyond season five, but I'm pretty sure season one through five is solid and locked in um, and just waiting to be made. At this point. So, I mean, you know, you you express, oh, well, you know, he might he won't throw the fight against Bo-Katan to lose the Darksaber. Well, who says he has to? We know Bo-Katan has been a warrior since he was a little kid. He was a little kid during the Clone Wars and she was fighting in the Clone Wars. Right. She so she's a highly capable. She's a highly capable warrior. So, like, to say, oh, well, because he's awesome, and he is, I'm, I, I love the guy, I think he's amazing, um, but to say that she doesn't have a chance, I think, is, is a, little, a little hard to grab onto, because she has been in waging war for, what, 30 years oh, almost I don't, at this point? I don't point? think she doesn't have a chance. I, I just, I, it's one of the ones that I would say, uh, it would be... In combat, even if it was, I don't want this anymore, 
you know, to first blood or to to yield or to whatever the 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 uh, rules of the fight are. I still the question is, will she will she beat him or will he beat her? And it's not that I think necessarily the man that Dinjarin's the the best fighter. And there's a huge chance that he won't beat her, that she is definitely far superior. But he's also resourceful. So I'm not going to say that he's not going to do something in the end that while she might have been the better warrior, he came out on top because his instincts were of survival were you know better than hers. I am not going to say one way or another that... that it's going to go. I know which way I'd like to see it go, but that's just because I am invested in the Mandalorian in that way or Din Djarin's Mandalorian that way. And not as much am I invested in Bo-Katan that way. Not that I'm not invested in Bo-Katan. It's my, again, my investment goes back to what her original position and role was versus what even say the character was forced to grow into. And that, that, that force to grow into is very much in similar fashion to now what the Mandalorian is going through. So the question is, will Bo Katan learn or use what she learned when she um, became and was forced to take a role that she was not planning on? Or is she going to look at him and say, I want it and I'm coming for it? I think there's so many different ways they can go with this that that's maybe part of my intrigue with it. And I will I will be happy if Bo-Katan wins. I'll be happy whatever way they go because what I do know is it's going to be a fucking badass story because that's what we can count on from uh, you the know, Mandalorian I mean, and what Favs and Filoni have given us. I don't want them to spend a season resolving the Bo-Katan wanting the Darksaber story. I want to see... Well, where do they go from it with it from here? And they're going to join up with whatever Mandalorian forces she has been assembling, and they're going to go and take back Mandalore. Yeah, but a season of them taking back Mandalore and covert operations and things. See that I'm like, eh, a show here, a show there. I, I'm. I really like the. I, I guess I really liked kind of what they were doing with the Grogu. So I'm I'm curious to see where it's gonna go. I, I'm not against them taking back Mandalore, but uh, that we've had so many moments of seeing what the New Republic is setting up, Cara Dune's character, and how she's now a marshal. We've spent a lot of time now with the the New Republic stuff. And I'm also kind of a curious where that goes too, that we've built with with the X wings and and pilots, and I guess we're getting those in the new shows. So I, this is a, I'm curious to see where they go. I I really have no clue at this point. Right, I which just will I mean that that Dark and Saber. Mandalore will probably be season three. And then who knows? Maybe by the time season three is wrapping up, maybe they maybe they're like, all right, let's get the boys back together. And he he links back up with Grogu. Maybe there's a threat that calls Luke away and he has to stop training Baby Yoda. And he's like, hey, would you would you watch the kid for a little bit? You know, and maybe he's a 
maybe he's a completely different character at that point. You know, maybe Luke through the Force has reawakened him, and maybe, you know, who knows? It's hard to say, but I mean, you can you could put pretty pretty solid money on the fact that season three of the Mandalorian is going to be heavily wrapped around the dark saber and Mandalore and who's going to rule and whatnot. Like there's, there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see where that, where it pans out and how it pans out. And right. It's, it's a year away, more than a year (laughs) away, more than a year away. It's a while away. So, but a lot of stuff. in Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, you know, we have uh, basically two more weeks till WandaVision, and then WandaVision will be a huge subject on this show. And then when WandaVision ends, we'll get Falcon and Winter Soldiers, and then we'll get Loki and all sorts of other good stuff. So, you know, we're we're in a we're in a dip. Although the the length of this episode certainly doesn't reflect that. Um, no, not at all. Holy cow. Um, and if you guys grab a chance and it's a, a moment, uh, I, I don't have anything more to add, but I did want to say we also have a Twitch channel. If you, um, well, I'll put it, if you look at the Facebook, we'll, you'll be able to find it. Uh, you'll, I'm, I got a VR version of Squadrons for Christmas and I will be putting up the, uh, kind of a, uh, first run, We'll see how long it takes me to get uh, motion sick if I do, uh, and what kind of gameplay uh, comes from it. But I, yeah, watch for watch for our Twitch video, watch our Twitch channel. Um, you'll be able to find it at the Facebook. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm completely out of stuff to say. Um, you know, next ne- then you should take well, us hold out. Well, I mean, but next week. I mean, we don't know if we're getting another gallery episode or not. If we do, we'll obviously cover it next week, plus any any news that crops up between now and then. Um, and then if not, yeah, as soon as WandaVision premieres, that'll be a huge, huge, huge topic. Um, because they did put out a new trailer. And, man, I think that show is going to... Um, I think this show is going to warp a lot of people's minds. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of what the fuck moments, uh, on WandaVision, and I'm I'm super excited that it's right around the corner. Um, so yeah. Um, but join us next week. In the in the meantime, uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We're there. Look for us. We would love to have you and love to have you in discussions and on on posts and to send us tweets. Um. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, we would appreciate it just taking a minute of your time to do that for us. Um, we would love you long time. Uh, and for now, this has been uh, Buddy and Guy with the House of MTVG. And we have spoken.